Welcome. I have a very important announcement to make. Oh, I will no longer be eating carbs after 7 p.m. Oh, all right. I've been inspired by Cynthia oh. Nixon, <laughs> and to protest the war, yep. I will no longer be eating carbs after seven. After seven. After yeah. seven p.m. And just carbs. All the carbs. Yeah. I'll cut all rices, all breads, all pastas out after seven p.m. Wow. Thanks to Cynthia Nixon has inspired me. So your bowl of white rice at 7.30 p.m. will no longer out. happen. It's That's out. That's out the window. Out. No more sushi at night oh for the gosh. time being. Oh, for the until time. Until the war is resolved, yeah. Well, there's a ceasefire right now. Well, until it's actually done. Okay, you want yeah, an yeah, official declaration. Me, yeah. Gotcha. Well, I mean, she's on a hunger strike. I know. I know she's inspired or me. Or is it? Inspired me to do something. Is she currently on the hunger strike or is that over? Uh, well, it depends on what day, two days a week. Right. Is it every week for two days a week? Is I that, think is so. Is that the way yeah. I think so. Is so is that intermittent fasting? Pretty much. Yeah, okay. Okay. I think well, She's probably going to look great at the end of this, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that she's now, you know, she's shooting probably has nothing to do with it. She's someone who gets, she's not a, a self-centered <laughs> fucking shitbag who, who really is uh, just trying to insert themselves into the whole conflict and get some attention. She's actually somebody who's doing something concrete. This headline is not the most flattering thing in the world. It says Cynthia Nixon launches Hollywood-style hunger strike. A Hollywood-style hunger strike does not add to the political import. It's uh, yeah, just two out of five days. I don't say out of five days. I guess every five days, she's because it's seven days in a week. Well, I guess you can't go on a full hunger strike because you'll die. Right. Or, or you can't go on a three-day one because that'll be more uh, inconvenient. Three day, you'll just be so hungry. I don't understand hunger strikes. I don't give a fuck if you eat or don't eat. Like it, it inspires nothing. You don't think that they'd go? Miranda's losing so much weight. We better get our act together here. No, the people I know probably going. Well, I can't believe they called Sarah Jessica Parker a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know we've been. There's been this conflict going on for decades upon decades upon yeah. decades. But have you seen how skinny Miranda has been getting? You know, two days a week she hasn't been eating. We gotta, we gotta nip this in the bud right now. There are people who do them, like they do them. Well, like if a prisoner does it for real, even them, I don't give a fuck about. Like, no, I, I'm not eating. All right, don't eat. You, who cares? Yeah, but the prison can't have people dying of starvation in their prison. Like there is at There's least a legal something thing right there. there. That that's a legal, and it does raise awareness <laughs> if it's a real, like a prisoner <laughs> skipping lunch two days a week is probably not going to raise a ton of awareness, but. If you see a, a, a gaunt appearance in, on this prisoner, it's like, oh, okay, there's something. At least you know there's something happening. Sure, they're not eating. I, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always in favor of let them just starve. Anyone, you know, because raising awareness. Let them eat cake. That's what but, you've always said. Hey, if you, I'm, if, if you, if you think that you not, if you're that arrogant and that self-involved and self-absorbed that you think you not eating means anything, it doesn't help the cause at all. Everyone's aware of it. This self-centered bitch not eating two days a week, she thinks, is bringing awareness to the biggest story on earth. Well, I would. I, I always like to read into these stories because it does seem, on the surface, just so absurd. Yeah, I, I almost like there's got to be something. Yeah, yeah I was hoping. No am I wrong? Maybe there's. I'm Maybe there's I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, Sex in the City star Cynthia Nixon has joined a hunger strike, demanding a permanent uh, Israel-Hamas ceasefire. Although she's doing it Hollywood style, two out of the five days. 
<laughs> Why do they have to? Because, because there's no real commitment to it. No, of course it's a lie. The whole days. thing is a lie. It's not real. We could do a hunger strike for two days. Well, no, I couldn't. No, that'd be tough for Fat you. Fat tip pig. You're talking about myself. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Either commit to it or don't. Starve yourself to death. If you if you care that much, starve yourself to death. If you want to raise awareness, that would get people talking. People would st- sure. talk about it for sure. Sex in the city lady dead. She's dead from because a hunger people strike. are fighting. 4,000 miles away from her. Yeah. Although, is this... What a brat. You think she's a brat? What a fucking brat. Oh, my goodness. She joined five U.S. politicians this week. Well, if the politicians are doing it, you Hopefully know Hopefully Santos it's... is one of them. He's packed a few on. <laughs> concerned. Uh, <laughs> you're concerned? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, in protest to demand President Biden <laughs> call for the move... Some of the uh, politicians are also doing abbreviated periods over the time frame. Oh, that's right. Didn't she? Isn't she a politician now too? Yeah. Didn't she run for something or president or, or was a governor? Governor. A governor. Gubernatorial candidate. Oh, that's right. Governor, she was yeah. a. She ran for New York governor. Governor. Right? right. She did not win. She did not. No. No. no she's. She was too hungry. I mean, it's. <laughs> It's embarrassing. You don't think that anyone thinks this means anything? What are you talking about? You don't think President Biden is going? Oh my God! I forgot. Miranda stopped eating yesterday. Now it's today. She's still not eating. I we got to stop this thing. I think he says, "What's your name?" When he looks in the mirror. Okay. No, I don't think he cares. No, that's a good. Point. I don't think he's aware. That's a good counterpoint, actually, yeah. on that. The flame-haired former New York gubernatorial candidate Oof. will take part in the five-day hunger strike for two days before she. <laughs> the way they're writing this is yeah. not. They're not being very helpful. <laughs> no, to her they're cause. really not. <laughs> Before They're making a bit of an asshole out of her. They are, unfortunately. Uh, before she returns to New York for work commitments, she said Monday. Oh! Work commitments. More important, of course. So, you, you care a lot about Gaza, and you're not going to eat for two days, but i got to be on set. i got work commitments. Yeah! Are those the work commitments? Is it Hollywood work or political work? I don't know. It, I mean, I, neither that she does is important. Okay, that's also... I mean, you're doing the I, counterpoint look, I don't think tonight. my work's important either. I, I mean, I'm not delusional enough to think that if I don't eat, people give a fuck. People be grateful. That would be great if you were like, I'm doing a hunger strike for two days to raise awareness, but I got a gig on Saturday, so of course, <laughs> I'm not going to go on stage without eating. No, I can't. It'd be irresponsible. Sure, ticket holders. <laughs> uh, she says, we are hunger striking just to sort of mirror to Biden. Oh, no, 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 no. I can't even read this. This can't be true. What, uh, did she say something no. elitist and delusional? And Well, you might ask why they're hunger striking. Of course. She says they want to mirror to Biden the kind of deprivation that is happening in Gaza and how it has, how it, he has it within his power to make a ceasefire happen. She's thinking that the, the things that people have said that everybody's gone through in Gaza... Oh, it's the same as her. To Miranda from Sex in the City doing a ju- uh, doing a juice cleanse. <laughs> when you say juice cleanse, the rules are very similar. I see where you're coming from, yeah. but it's not. Troy, before the show brought up, he just read that Dana White did a three day. Yeah, he Dana didn't call it. Great. He didn't call it a hunger strike. He called it a fast. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, it's. I guess it's the same thing. It's like what's happening in Gaza. I, I mean, when you hear about this, her doing hey. this. Where's uh, Where's Jeff Goldblum when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> Not Jurassic Park, Jeff Goldblum. No, 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 no. no. Um, she says, uh, 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 
two sons with her ex-husband who is Jewish. Also not pertinent. Well, I, I just don't care. I about think any of that I shit. think they're uh, yeah, they're just they're stirring it up because you I know, guess yeah, I just she's not siding with Israel. I know but when when they mention someone's ethnicity or race when they don't, I just don't care. Yeah, either always say it or don't say it. Five politicians. I'm not going to read all their names. We don't even know who they are. Are also participating in the hunger strike. Are they low level shits? Uh, Medina Wilson Anton of Delaware. Oh, all right. Zarin Mumdani of New York. Sure. Maurice Turner of Oklahoma. <sighs> Sam Rasol of Virginia. And Abraham Ayash of Michigan. And Cynthia Nixon. And Cynthia Nixon of Sex and the City. Do you think that they're all like, we got we got Nixon on board? Oh, yeah, let's get... Finally Mar some awareness. If we can get Miranda to join. How about this? If you want to mirror what's happening in Gaza, why don't you fucking knock your house down? <laughs> That's true. That if you, if you really to want to do something, if you're not just some fucking what? spoiled brat looking for attention, knock your fucking house down because and get rid of your possessions. You can't knock your house down for two out of five days. Oh, you see what I'm saying? That would be a message. If she literally Why had her house demolished <laughs> hey. and left it in a pile and, and said, I want Biden to notice, I would respect her. Miranda, why are you knocking your own house down? For awareness. Okay, no, I'm aware. This is wild. There's a big yeah. There's a big hole where your house used to be. Yeah. Where are you going to live? I don't know. No idea. I don't know. Also, I'm on a hunger strike for two days. I mean, okay, the house is probably the bigger story, but... Biden, her sign says, Biden, you are starving Gaza. Permanent ceasefire now. I mean, just, just a meaningless, you don't idiotic think, person. You don't think Biden is shaken by this? No, she's, look, I'm fine with her saying what she wants to say. Of but course. What did, what just, but the idea uh, that it would, no, it's not, it's not, it's not that she's saying what she has to say. It's the idea that her actions are going to have such weight. It's the self-importance. I mean, the fact that anybody cares with any of these idiots, like who gives a fuck what Susan Sarandon says about anything? I haven't ever cared about a fucking thing this dumb asshole has said. Well, people do, though. I, it's crazy to me. Like, you can go, yeah, I agree or I don't agree. People love celebrities. No, no, but I mean, who cares in a sense? It doesn't impact how you live your life at all. It has no impact who, who they endorse, how they feel. With the, it's meaningless to me. To you, Z but it, but I give everyone else the same credit. It's zero impact on the world. Susan Sarandon standing there, this old bag, seventy-seven with her little hat. Looks like she's selling newspapers in the early twenties. She's trying to look young and she's relevant. Hip. She's, she's an hip. old lady. Who gives uh -huh. a fuck? She likes ping pong. When do you care what seventy-seven-year-old ladies say about anything? Gives do a I? Fuck. No, no, no one does. That's not. That's not true. When's the last time something was going on? You're like, I gotta get a 77 year old lady to weigh in. Me? Love to get her take. Haven't. Don't remember doing that. Ever. Me personally. Ever. Me? I don't remember doing that. But celebrity. I mean, look. That's like saying influencers don't influence. Of course they do. They don't influence you. They don't influence me. But of course they influence. They influence by people's choice to see what they're saying. But I don't look at them as culturally a problem. Be oh, they're making people do things. Like, do you know what I mean? Like. You're allowed to say what you want, but they're not, they're not changing a fucking... They're not making people do anything. Like, you can look at Susan Sarandon and go, what a stupid asshole. You can. Or you can look at her and go, wow, that's a great point. You can do whatever you want. You could. So why is what she says a problem? Any more than what this dummy is doing. It's meaningless. <laughs> it's pointless.
Like, say it, feel how you want to feel. But if you're that weak that you're swayed by Cynthia Nixon or fucking Susan Sarandon, people, you're you know, a dumb, weak motherfucker you, anyway. You know people are swayed by celebrities. But... I mean, celebrities have influence. They do. It's... On a lot of people. It's... It's... it's, it's Not to say it's right or wrong, but it's to it, say that they don't have influence or nobody cares is not true. You and I don't care. Coop might not care. But, but you have Coop to... Coop loves, like, little Justin Bieber. But you have to give the other people the same credit. Like, they they can make their decisions, too. When it comes to punishing celebrities, I'm saying, you can't punish them because, well, they've got to... Like, you have to let them say what they want to say, even if it's stupid. Yeah, but if you're hiring a celebrity to, you know, if you're hiring an actress or an actor, if you're hiring Susan Sarandon to be a part of your project, and now she's associated with this message, and you don't want that message associated with your project, I mean, it's not crazy to be like, ah, you know what? I don't need this associated with my movie. The difference in that is, like, first of all, you, you're, you, people have known who she is for 35 years. I mean, she's been saying the same type of shit. She's been on that side. So you know what I mean? She's been radically whatever for for that many years. And not hiring someone in the middle of a controversy going like, ah, is different than a talent agent dropping you all of a sudden. There's a big difference between that's, a no, long-term agent dropping you that's true. and someone avoiding like, hey, I don't want to get this fucking explosion in my face right now. That's like a more subtle. I would agree with that. Yeah. I, no, I, I, yeah, I think... Uh, and I hate her guts. I fucking hate her. It's weird how quick the talent agencies drop people as if that's a thing. Like, I, I, considering it, the people they work with. Right. As considering the people they work with, the people they've worked with for decades. Yeah. And the fact that, like, generally speaking... Nobody knows who works for what talent agency. No one does. No. Like, the general population is not going, well, who's her agent? No. <laughs> like, and even if they do, you just don't return the phone calls. They're going to call your agent and go, you working with her? Just, just we don't discuss our, our, our roster. Yeah. Gives a shit. Yeah. No. Like, Florida has a great point, though. Mike in Florida is a great place. No, okay. No, you're right. Mike in Florida yes, Mike. needs to bring it all on home. What's up, Mike? Yeah, like, so I hate Susan Sarandon, and I don't give a fuck about what she said until I saw her with them titties out on over the weekend on Twitter. Oh, my Lord. She could tell me whatever she wants about Gaza now. I'll right. be honest. She does have really nice fat bosoms. Okay. I can see that. And the fact that it made her son uncomfortable about was even better. The fact that he would like not know enough at age, was he 19 or 20? Yeah. The fact that he wouldn't understand the world enough to not to go like if I say this it's going to be worse. Like why <laughs> would you say that? Jim, I don't mean to, I don't mean to one up you Jim, but I think what was worse than that is when he referred to his mom's tits as onkers. <laughs> uh, was, was slightly worse than yeah. that. Yeah. Onkers. <laughs> Thanks boys. All right. Thank you Mike. Yeah. Yeah, you would hope he he had some kind of awareness because he did I mean he fetishized her more so cuz now you know the son has an issue with it. Sure. It becomes more titillating. Sure. <laughs> yeah. For lack of a better term. Yes. He doesn't like everybody jerking off to his old food source. No, that's true. I don't know if he probably thought of it that way. Well, that's what it is. I don't know if he thought of the breastfeeding. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Seth in the best Chester. What's up, Seth? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hi. Um, so you were talking Susan Sarandon, 77. She, she says stupid shit, but who else is 77 and says stupid shit? Um, Donald fucking Trump. Yes, but I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, and I'm sure you wouldn't also be stupid enough to compare a dumb actress to somebody who's actually the former president of the United States and had policy-making uh, power. 
Right, but that's my point. If if you can't give credit to what she says, then you can't to what he does either. Well, you can because anyone who's an elected official, president. yeah, there's a di- we, we 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 like. I know what you mean, but you also know the difference. You know the difference. No, I do know the difference. Then why would you mention it? I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, that was... That was, that was some, you know the difference. That was some heavy whataboutism, and it did not... It didn't not, work. It, did, it was a fairly shallow... Sure. Argument. If you're the president, you would have more influence yeah. by definition. And if you're the president, we care what you say, because you might make a policy decision, yes. or you may or you may uh, direct military personnel to go somewhere. And it's just a big difference over that and some stupid fucking old lady in a crooked hat. And you've literally been... Elected to represent us. Yes, where Susan Sarandon I, uh, is just one of us saying what she wants to say. She's the best of us. She's a celebrity. Oh, totally. I can't disagree. She's <laughs> <laughs> well, a fine actress. Thank you, Seth. I'd still watch her movies. You still gonna watch Rocky Horror? Right? I don't give a fuck. Yes. Who cares. If I thought Kelly Rocky was a good Horror. actor. I'd watch his movies. Who's that? Or Kelly. Bobby, I mean. Oh, <laughs> unfortunately, he's not a great actor. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm, what I mean when I, when I say who cares is the fact that, like, I don't even care about political endorsements. Like, whenever they say this one, endor- like, how, how fucking mealy-minded and weaker people that you need somebody else well, to endorse someone for you to have confidence in your ability to analyze whether or not you like them. Clearly, endorsements matter. They, they do, but they're a sign of I mean, how Trump much... Trump brought Lil Pomp on. I'm sorry. A little pimp. <laughs> it just makes me hate the public even more. Like, for people to be that stupid. Like, I, I don't care who anybody in this room endorses politically. These are my friends. I don't care who you like. No. I don't care who Biden or Trump. I, I don't. Trump's endorsements to people are meaningless to me. True. But if Gene Simmons asked you to vote for somebody, would you turn I campaigned down? for them. Okay. <laughs> you can't turn down the God of Thunder. No, I can't. No, I can't. If he said to me, campaign for Hamas, and I'll get you the picture with all four of us and the destroyer in a second. You do that. 100%. Hey, Norton. Yeah. I need you to do something for You got it. By the way, yeah, very well, funny think, every time, Gene. I, I think we know what side Gene is on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would a thousand percent yeah. believe that we know. And for that reason, you got to side with the God of Thunder. Of course you do. <laughs> uh, I don't think I trust either of those <laughs> phone calls to tell you the truth. Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As Troy has always said, hey, I just put them up. You guys make the call. I'm going to make the call. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, God bless Cynthia Nixon raising awareness. It is funny that she's not really raising awareness. No, she's making a fool of herself. But like the New York Post, because they like, you know, making celebrities look like assholes because it's funny. Sure. Will raise awareness to her raising awareness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, a great mockery. It's a mockery. Like, this isn't actually news. It's just, hey, look how stupid <laughs> Cynthia Nixon looks right now. Just two out of five days. <laughs> the word just. Right. With the dash in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hollywood-style hunger strike. What a fucking blithering idiot this woman is. Poor Miranda. I mean, what are you doing? It is odd to me that, like, like you do sex in the city. People yes, can't just, well, people can't just tap out and go, like, you know what? I did the iconic show. I did it. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's the thing. Let me just go live my life now. Yeah. I don't need to keep figuring out, oh, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to do that now. Like, 
I did it. All I can do is make it worse. Let that be, and I'm just going to go live my life. It's going to be great. If you want to do a reunion, give me a call. But I'm not going to run for governor. I'm not going to do a two-day, five-day hunger strike. That's the embarrassing. I don't even mind her running for governor. I don't mind people trying to get involved, change things, speaking, whatever. But it's, it's when you do something like this, that's such an empty gesture. Yeah. It's such a hollow, meaningless thing you're doing. All you can do is, is ruin this thing. Like, there are going to be people who wanted to watch the Sex in the Cities. And they're going to watch and go like, oh, that's the lady from the two-day, five-day hunger strike. She's very good on that show. She, you like that show? I, Nikki loves it, so I've been forced to fucking see a lot of them. Really? She loves that fucking <laughs> show. And I've been forced to sit through many of them. And I've caught myself watching it and going, yeah, they're all good. Like, I get why people like this. Who's your favorite boyfriend? Do you like Mr. Big? Do you like the other one? Um, <laughs> you mean John Corbett? That, I guess John Corbett's the other one, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's Bo Derek's husband. Right. No, 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 I know, yeah. Life. I know. Yeah, he did that just, show with Bobby. Sex yeah, yeah. And rock and roll. Or uh, Mr. Big. Um, he's in Big Fat Greek Wedding, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I never care about any of their boyfriends or lives. No? No. No, I never got caught up. Well-written show. Mm. Like, it, it, it's a good show, but... And she's very funny on it. Like, great. Sarah Jessica Parker yeah, or Miranda? Like all of them. Yeah. All the Sex in the City boyfriends ranked. I mean, I just... I get it. People love this show. They love Great. it. Great. Love it. They love it. Oh, sorry, Ned. Number 45. There's a lot of boyfriends, huh? But I mean, to think that... You know, Sarah Jessica Parker always looks like the asshole in this whole feud. But then again, you look at it like, well... It's a hard sell. Well, that's not who she was in a feud with, though. Yes, it is. She, Sarah Jessica Parker and Cynthia Nixon. I thought she was in a feud with the girl who played Samantha. Isn't that Samantha? No, Miranda. Oh. I've been saying Miranda oh. for like the last 25 minutes. <laughs> I stand corrected. I thought it was Cynthia Nixon. No, she's in a I thought Samantha. it was Cynthia Nixon. Cynthia Nixon's I, I, I better every was, Sex in the City. I thought it was... Uh, it's Kim Cattrall. That's who I'm thinking of. Oh, I'm so stupid. You've been thinking of Kim Cattrall the whole time. time. <laughs> the whole time. That's why I did this. Everyone said Sarah Jessica Parker was a cunt because I thought it was Kim Cattrall. Yeah, no. Oh, my God. I stand corrected. Kim Cattrall's not hunger striking. Yeah, thank God I didn't say I'm a big fan of this show. <laughs> I don't even know who's who on the fucking show. Honestly, you probably saved some of your masculinity points by not knowing who's Yeah, who. I really didn't. Yeah. I thought she was the fucking one who banged everybody. No. Oh, I stand correct. No, this is Miranda who's protesting. Everything I said stands. Everything I said stands. Red except hair. the feud thing. They called. They mentioned her red hair in the article. I know, but it didn't. It didn't even Fiery. resonate. It didn't even resonate because again, I don't know what these fucking ladies look like. All you these thought years that's later. what Kim Cattrall looks like now. You never know. It's been Jesus. fucking twenty years since that show's been off the air. No, I know, but I, mean, I don't watch it now. I've seen episodes of the old ep of the old show. But I mean, you talk. About, I mean, you don't want. Thank you. I'm really. I'm glad I didn't know that. That is. Points. <laughs> it is. Yeah, Kim Cattrall, much to okay. Yeah. How, no. what, what just gave me away that I didn't know it? Like, what did I just say that made me that realize I didn't you know? You said you were about to say, you well, you started saying Sarah Jessica Parker doesn't come across so bad anymore. And oh, because like, the feud. Oh. Yeah, but she's not in a feud with this one. All right, so I take back the stuff I said about the feud. I was wrong, obviously. But Kim um, Cattrall still, maybe she's right anyway. Who knows? I don't know. Very what, possible. I don't know where she stands on Gaza. Very possible. I don't know where Kim Cattrall stands on Gaza. But this woman is as hateable. Miranda is yes. I don't know their names. I just know Miranda. What was uh, what was Je Sarah Jessica Parker's name in it? <sighs> what was it, Coop? Sexy. <laughs> when you guys were talking about Miranda, I was like, why does her first name keep changing? When you guys mentioned her, and then I was like, oh, she was a character on Sex in the City. Carrie Bradshaw. Carrie Bradshaw. Carrie. Yeah. 
Carrie, Samantha is the Tim Yeah, Cattrall. that's the one who fucks everybody. Miranda is the one that we're talking about. And Kristen Davis is the other one who plays Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. Ooh. But the, anyway, I get why people like the show, and they're all funny on it. But Yeah, I, obviously I never watched. Yeah, I didn't know the difference the between Cynthia Nixon and fucking Tim Cattrall. Good for you, dude. Shout out to you. I, but I've sat through quite a few of them. That's a, even better. They were on a, they were on a loop. The, the old house. ball and chain is watching her program. Balls and chain, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, she's watching her stories again. Yeah, she loves them. That's great. But I, it wasn't like I. It wasn't like. Is I thought oh, this sucks, but then you watch it, and you're like, yeah, I get it. People, it's, it's a good show. It's a fine show. It's yeah. just not for you. Yeah, very. It was kind of ahead of its time, I guess. It set the. Was it? Yeah, in a way, like it did a lot for HBO. Sure, it was. Like, it did do a lot for HBO. This and Six Feet Under were like two of their giant yep. early shows before The Sopranos. Even this was on before The Sopranos. Yeah, I believe uh, so. It was ninety six, right? I think ninety eight. It says is it ninety eight? Okay, Sopranos pilot was shot in ninety seven or I think they started maybe ninety nine, maybe a year after. Maybe yeah, I think so. It was definitely. I think it was definitely a hot show before Sopranos. Oh yeah. Yeah, 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it started the year before Sopranos did, and it was big. And when was Sex in the City? I'm sorry. Uh, 1998. No, when was uh, <laughs> Six Feet Six Under? Six Feet Under? Yeah. Yeah, it was around that same time. HBO had a real explosion. They had a yeah, that was a huge... 2001, it said. It was after. Oh, there you go. I was yeah. completely remembering that wrong. But it, yeah, I guess that was the chain, right? That it was like... Yeah. That was an interesting show, too. I, I've seen a few of them. People I never, loved it. They, I, n I, w I never... They show a death, everyone. It's about the person who died. They were a family of Undertaker. It was a weird concept, but it was oh, yes. interesting. Right. Is that that Undertaker? No, that's Paul Bearer. Oh. He's talking to the Undertaker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was Michael C. Hall before he was Dexter. Oh. Right or no? Right or wrong? Right. Right. Yeah, Dexter was after. Dexter was after. I remember because when I first started dating... Jen, we would every Sunday she would not, or whatever night that was on she'd be unavailable because she was watching it. Dexter every night, every like once a week she was like, no no Dexter's on. Appointment television that was yeah, yeah that's rare. I guess Game of Thrones maintained appointment television to an extent. Sure, so did Breaking Bad. Absolutely, Breaking Bad was, but that was years ago. Yeah, you know Game of Thrones ended right before the right before the pandemic. Yes, it was yeah. before. Yeah, right before the pandemic. But yeah, Breaking Bad was a while before that. Last of Us sort of started to get that vibe. Yeah. I yep. get not as strong because nothing will ever be as strong on demand. Yeah. But there was a thing where sure. every Sunday people watch Last of Us. And we were watching uh, like... Uh, Final Season of Succession, Succession was, was definitely also, yes. appointment. People, people talked about I, hate, I almost said water cooler, but everyone knows. It was water cooler talk. I, know, I just hate that it. term. I don't like that. I know you go down to the Vibe, hit up the water cooler, watch I Hot do. Dog, try to steal Red Bulls, and talk about <laughs> Succession. I do. Yeah. I, I like to get the flavor. Yeah. We were watching... Um, I, I'm kind of doing... I'm definitely doing Sopranos. We were watching like, a light Curb Your Enthusiasm one. And... Uh, we were watching last night, and it was the episode where Paul Reiser and his wife are in it, and they think there's going to be a terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. And I was just telling, trying to t explain to her who Paul Reiser was. Like, yeah. like, you don't understand how famous this guy was. Mad about you. She doesn't know who Helen Hunt is, but like that that was appointment television, which every th was Thursday night, I think, right? Must see TV. Must see they TV called was it. Thursday. Brilliant campaign. Like the whole. I think it was Mad About You and. 
uh, Seinfeld were back to back, if if I remember correctly. Yeah, Travis, ma- were they back to back, or was it Frazier? I, I maybe it was might be Frazier. For some reason, I'm thinking they're together, but I don't. Changed a lot. I'm not entirely sure what the first one was. Yeah, right? must see I mean, TV. It was the, TJ. the big one was was Friends. Yes, and then Seinfeld. Yes, on maybe that was night. it. Maybe that was it. Yeah. That was like TGIF for grown-ups. Yeah. My memory sucks, though. Well, the fact that you don't remember the Thursday night lineup from 1997, I don't Jim's think... Jim's right. First must-see TV block was Mad About You, Wings, Seinfeld, Wings. and then Cheer, uh, Frasier. Wow. Wings. Yeah, that's a big group. Yeah, Wings. <laughs> it's it's a so big fun. show. At the time, like... Yeah. But all those shows... Well, maybe not. Mad About You also... I don't think has the staying power of Seinfeld. No, it's syndicated though. Like I'm sure they hit that level, and I'm sure that Paul Reiser's worth fucking eighty million dollars. But and it, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, Mad About You for a period of time was one of those shows that was on like Fox at yeah. seven o'clock yeah. every day of the week. But yet, yeah, Wings really lived in a vacuum. Mad About You had a little bit of time after, but like, yes, I mean. Once Wings was over, people were done with that show. They were. I'm trying to see if it's Paul Reiser. It's. Uh, I really don't know why. He's a great actor, Paul Reiser. He's yeah. a really he was in uh, Aliens, like, uh, or one of those Alien. Uh, Alien or Aliens. It, he, not yeah. the original, but I, I mean, I think the second one he was in. And he's a very good, serious actor. Well, he's good in uh, 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 Stranger Things. Who's he in that? Isn't he? Oh, uh, the doctor, yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the doctor, lab guy, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's always very. I good. didn't know. I remember him in Whiplash. Whiplash, good movie. Beverly Hills Cop. He was big in. He's good in that movie. So yeah, they say they're estimating he's worth about seventy-five million. Like he's doing fine. He's a, you know, it's not Seinfeld, but he's had a great run. I mean, at that point, what? Yeah, what's he going to spend it? Yeah, I mean, there's a big difference though, between seventy-five million and a billion. That's a big I mean, jump. That's a big jump. Yeah, nine hundred million. Yeah, like that's difference. a that's that's a different. I can buy a plane and then get rid of it. Money. That's true. Like that's. I mean, I don't know why you'd want to buy a plane and get rid of it, but it is. You are at least able to do it. Well, if you want to get like a Gulfstream, I look at people's private. I don't even like private planes. They're too small. They scare me. <laughs> I love them. By the way, instead of going. That's generational wealth that you can leave on to, you know, to generation after generation. You go, you can buy a plane and then throw it out. <laughs> well, I should say resell it at a loss. <laughs> like that, that really is, that's the difference. Like for me, I go, yeah, my kids and my grandkids and their grandkids. And for you, it would be, I could buy this airplane and just throw it in a river. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah, just just leave it parked somewhere and forget about it. <laughs> but I was I was wa- looking at the on private planes and what and, and they said one of those I think the king of like Qatar one of those guys has like a. <laughs> I know, understandable. One of those guys has like a giant jet as a private plane, like yeah. a fucking like kind of like Trump's plane, like. Most of them have like those beautiful Gulf streams. They're smaller, and they can fly for a while. But um, Seinfeld doesn't have a billion dollars, though, does he? Close to it, really? I mean, maybe not. I mean, he's got to be worth. I want to say six hundred, maybe six hundred million. Larry oh, David might be worth more because he nine hundred fifty uh, million dollars. Oh, there you go. Okay, um, confirmed. Yeah. How's he? So he can't make another fifty. He's on the road. That's probably why he's doing these gigs with Gaffigan. He's I mean, like, you know what? I, I want to hit the B. Well, I mean, just invest it. If you can't turn nine hundred fifty, if you can't grow a fifty million dollar profit on nine hundred fifty million dollars just investing, 
What are we doing with Maybe him? he can, though. He may have Ma- a lot of Bitcoin. Who knows? I don't think... Jerry Bitcoin. doesn't look like a Bitcoin guy, but... Well, yeah, I mean, I I don't think that Bitcoin would be the way to go for Jerry, in my opinion. $950 million? Yeah. It's probably because he's thrown out airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he can't turn it into a billion. Keeps throwing those airplanes in the garbage. But they're so nice, those Gulf Stream, like the like the real the top of the line ones. Right. They, they, I look at what his Bezos have because you figure he's going to have the top of the line. But then you know what? The thing about buying an airplane is then you got to hire a pilot, and it's like now hotels. Now it's a real expense. It is a it, it is a crazy gas. Yeah. Don't forget about gas. Everybody forgets about gas. You are uh, not you got enough- here. It's trouble. <laughs> no, it's just cute, cute. <laughs> Not funny, but cute. Cute. So Kramer's got a billion dollars too, or no? No. Oh. <laughs> I don't think he was a creator. He's not a creator. I think the creator, you get so much. Oh, yeah, creator, not writer. I mean. Yeah, Seinfeld. It was his, I mean, it was I'm going to guess show. Michael Richards. I'm going to guess 50 million. That's a lot. Or 40 less. million. It's, it is a lot less, yeah. But I mean, those guys. It's like Paul Reiser money. Yeah, well, Paul Reiser was... Yeah, Kramer was one of the stars, sure. 30 million. 30, okay. But he also... Got canceled. Took a beating and whenever after that great set. <laughs> <laughs> Inspiring comedic set. <laughs> $30 million. So again, he's not doing bad. Jerry and Larry David negotiated... Owner, okay, ownership stakes of 15%. A piece? Wow. Damn. They gave 15%. Up th- the network gave up 30% of ownership? I wonder if that was after a certain season they were done. It's got to be. And they were like, if you want more, this is what we cost. And if not, we want 15%. How may, Larry David well, Larry left. Right. He left after season seven, I think. Yeah. Am I wrong? I, I, I might be wrong. I'm not a Seinfeld uh, aficionado. Yeah, but I, for some reason I thought it was after season seven. Um, You're right. This is a, he, but it, Larry David is such a fucking genius. Like To have been as creative on Seinfeld and then to do something... Just as interesting, like it, it's, it's wild. What a brilliant guy! As a performer, you say the exact same thing about Elaine. The fact that Julia yeah. Louis Dreyfus yeah. went and did like amazing, like well, amazing, the, the, world, the old world, the world, the new world according to old Christina, whatever, and then the Veep. Good stuff, yeah. Veep. I mean, yeah, yeah. Veep was huge. Yeah, yeah, it was. She's so good. And Seinfeld just does what he wants. He like does he wants to do he, he does great stand up. He wants to do this little documentary on on this or that. Like he just does what the fuck he the comedian in cards is a big hit. Yeah. Yeah, he just does whatever he feels like doing. So what you should be doing when you got that kind 100%, of percent. Yeah. There's no pressure. Just get have, out of the rat race. Do what you want. Do what you want. You want to do a show online, interview your friends, whatever. have some coffee. I don't know if it's gonna make as much money. I don't care. Just I'm throwing out airplanes. And it does, it's a big hit. Of course. He sold the rights like multiple times. Yeah. First, he had a sponsorship right. Then he sold it to whoever it was, maybe Hulu. Then he sold it to Netflix. Like, just licensing, licensing, licensing. Yeah. I love that he built that garage that annoyed everybody on the block. Yeah, he, like, got a... a brownstone. He bought a brownstone and just turned the whole thing into a garage for, for his Porsche, for his Porsche collection. <laughs> Do you know how angry that is when you're trying to get some sleep? And you hear the fucking, the, the, the hundred millionaire next to you building... A Porsche garage? A Porsche garage. A multi-story Porsche garage? I don't even know how that works in a small brownstone. How many fucking... Put him in an airplane hangar. I guess he wants to drive them all. He wants them by his house. He wants. Yeah, he probably wants to just drive them. It'd be much more affordable in an airplane hangar. Yeah. You know how much it would cost to have a Porsche garage in New York City, in Manhattan, in a brownstone? No, this is my Porsche garage. That's the elevator. 
You mean the Porsche elevator? Porsche elevator. <laughs> this is where we'll put the Porsche elevator. He drives it in, and it probably goes to every floor. There's a certain amount. That's how elevators work. Parked. That's real good. Yeah, I That's probably very... didn't need to give such a rudimentary explanation. Really, really good. For those that live on the, in, in ranches. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, how do these things work? What, they go to every other floor? But yeah, I want to. The brownstones are sm like narrow. Like you can't. After the elevator opens and you have to drive and maneuver the car, mm -hmm. I don't know how much room you have to park. I mean, obviously enough for him to have bought it. Yeah, and you know he doesn't have a hundred Porsches in there. He's probably also got an airplane plane hanger. Like that's not his whole collection. You that's just like the rotation. When you got sneakers, you have your collection. You have your rotation. You store your rotation in a different area than your collection. 20 car garage wow. right so there's no okay. way that's not his collection that's his rotation what am i going to tool around in today yeah right and then he goes to the airplane hangar and he goes let me pull this one out of the collection add it to the rotation i bet he has somebody watching it all around the clock a security guard or maybe not maybe not a live person he's got the cameras at least and alarms definitely cameras and alarms yeah, because it would have to be, but it would have to be a heist. Like it's not just yeah. some guy deciding to break in today and steal a Porsche. It would have to be a full-on heist where we're taking all the Porsches. Wow, he loves these things too. Uh, he has the that really is a super villain thing for him to do. Yeah, only a super villain would buy a brownstone and fill it with Porsches. <laughs> he has a 1955 Porsche 550 Spider. The giant killer. I don't know what that. Means. I can't read. Uh, five point three is that five point three million car? Five point three million, million car? dollar car. Wow. I mean, you could, but I mean, he paid more for the garage. Yeah. Yeah, but if that's number ten. Yeah, that there's is twenty true. of them in that garage. A '76 Lamborghini. I don't know how to say that word. Countach. That's right, Countach. Um, oh, it's got the cool doors on it. That's worth one million. Is that worth one million? Mm -hmm. 1957 BMW wow. 507 Series 2 looking like James Bond 2.2 million yeah but you know my Jeep Wrangler can off-road <laughs> so yeah. not that impressed to me I could have gotten this 1964 nice. Ashton Martin but it's not as good on a road trip no it's a nice car though I guess it's alright oh 6.4 million I guess it's alright but the minute you take it off the lot it's worth less 55 <laughs> Benz uh, 300 SL <laughs> yeah. drops in value yeah 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 it's not it's not it's good. oh 6.8 for that one oh okay. Jesus this is why he's not a billionaire <clears throat> yeah he's wasting his money <laughs> he on this shit yeah that's the one he, it said he drove around Lorne Michaels 71 Ferrari yeah yeah but I mean it's so old oh, only 661,000 I don't know how they're ranking the '86 Porsche. Just oh. awesome, just in rank in, in terms of awesomeness, I guess. Yeah, I don't know why he loves those. Why he loves cars? Like Porsches. Like I'm not. I just he'd probably look at you and go, "These posters are really stupid." And he'd be right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd actually say it to him when he looked at them, and he would hate them. He what would are hate you them. doing? Pictures of them? Yeah. You like Kiss that much, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you have to look at this. Yeah. No, a Porsche collection is... Oh, a Jaguar? Yeah. Jaguar? 1969, nice. He That's probably just nice. bought it because the date was funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, 70 grand. He definitely bought it. Oh, these are going down in value. Maybe they, the 10 was the rarest. What's number these one? These are significant. It, oh, significant. I don't know why. I'm... Just, in, I think it's ranked in dopeness. Oh. A 63 Stingray. 
is, is one. How much? It doesn't even have a thing on there. Maybe they're so rare. I guess. Yeah, I mean, car guys go nuts for this stuff. They do. Leno. Also, uh, Brian Johnson from ACDC. Yep. Had a Ro- massive car collection. Rogan's a big car guy. Tom Segura is a big car guy now. Is he really? Yeah. Adam, uh, that's how you know you're making money. Yeah, Tom Segura started making money collecting nice cars. Yeah. Adam. It's a good uh, thing to collect when you got cash. Adam Corolla. Yeah. yeah. I guess they do always go up in value. Nope. <laughs> They do not always go up in value. Old cars, like if, like like classics, like this will just if you just live in a garage or whatever, they'll they'll get more and more. These are worth more in ten years than they are now. Probably classic cars. Sure. Yeah. If if you're buying classic car, if you're just buying brand new nice cars, right? Like not. if you're buying a Maybach, it's not going to. I don't think rocket in value. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Mark Norman bought that. Uh, he car did that BMW, right? Yeah, he pitched to Jerry Seinfeld that they should do a show together where he's learning how to drive stick shift. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he would pitch that stupid show to Jerry. He got bad advice. Oh, he did. <laughs> did you know about that? No, but I think that'd be funny. <laughs> Coop. During the pandemic. During the pandemic. Mark Norman was getting real excited because he, he became friends with Jerry Seinfeld and then uh, before the pandemic. And then during the pandemic, he was on the show and he was talking about this car that he had just gotten... Like he got it off eBay or something like that, and like it was, but it was a project. Like he was rebuilding it and stuff like that. But I think he didn't know how to drive stick shift. Yeah, he'd never driven stick. Right, and so at that point, Mark was doing like fun things in Times Square because it was empty. You got yeah. a haircut in Times Square, so Jim put on his earnest Jim voice and told him, "Oh, if Jerry's not texting you back, you should text Jerry." And tell him I have this idea for a show. Yeah, where you know you and me go into Times Square and you teach me how to drive stick shift. Yeah, and, and I think I deeply suspected that Jerry would hate the idea. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and and Jim was able to put on an honest face long enough that Mark did actually pitch it to Jerry. Yeah, and, and, uh, and we asked him about it after. And, and I'm like, how, how did it go? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Not well. No, Mark was Mark was duped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike in Canada, what's yeah. up, Mike? Mike? Hey, how are you guys? Hello. I I I can't believe that uh, he's keeping all those cars in in your wonderful city of Manhattan. Like that's the last place you want to be driving those cars. That's where he lives. And that's where he's keeping the cars. What a nut job. Well, he wants to have the cars where he lives so he could drive them. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised he even wants to drive them in this city because of the other stories. Oh, how crazy about. it is on the roads and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, Jimmy, by the way, uh, congratulations, my friend. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, again, when you, when you have his money and the insurance like you don't want to get them fucked up but he probably drives mostly on the west side highway he probably gets i don't think he zips around in manhattan with them he's probably got a couple that he zips around in manhattan with the ones that that are are disposable quote unquote yeah right like this is my zip around manhattan car yeah but if he wants to leave and go to the or the fuck he does with them oh yeah go for right up i bet you seinfeld bet you one thing he likes to do is get in one of these and take either an early morning or a very late night drive FDR, Harlem River Drive, around the city. He no probably traffic. just loves to write no traffic. I've done that before. With bored. Yeah. And then just get in the car and just drive around Manhattan like you just have nothing else to do. Just drive out to a gig in Long Island. He commented on Mark's photo in March, three years after it was posted. <laughs> He's going back over old Mark Dorman posts. <laughs> that is, that's, 
That's awesome. Jerry commented, that is proper and righteous. One tune up from perfection three years after uh, Mark had posted the photo of the car that he got. Mark. It's, it's a, a great, great sign, sign for Mark. Mark. He's going back, Stefan's going back to his old things. His old he's, checking out, he's checking out Mark Norman's grid. He's probably watching the clips because Jerry loves jokes so much and he Mark does. posts all those clips. He's yeah. probably looking at clips of his stand-up. Sure. Yeah, Mark's a great joke writer. Yeah, yeah. And he's a fucking machine. He's a machine. He writes a he's lot the, of jokes. He's known in comedy as the machine. Mark Norman. Oh, I didn't realize that's that. his nickname oh, okay. in comedy. He's the realize. machine. There you go. Because he's a joke machine. Don't I feel like a goose? Yeah, that's his nickname. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike in Boston. What's up, Mike? Yeah, no. So, I mean, doesn't Jerry Seinfeld can't even drive? Didn't Colin Quinn have to help him move his car? He's gotten of like 15 accidents. Yeah, Jerry one night had something with his car, and they were on Manetted Lane, and Colin was helping him push it. <laughs> and we were just making fun of Colin, because that's, that's his role. That's his job, sure. to push Jerry Seinfeld's yeah, car. Push, push <laughs> the billionaire's vehicle. Get out there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Colin was helping him. <laughs> yeah, it's doing a menial task, <laughs> a flattering thing in sure. the world. <laughs> are you uh, uh, are you going to check out the Christmas tree lighting tonight? Are you going to bring the old lady and and? No, no, no. I, I'm uh, I'm never interested in that. I'll go buy it and see it at one point. It's supposed to be work right next to it, but uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. It's just silly. It's freezing cold outside already. It's horrendous today, yeah. Yeah, so it's not going to be pleasant. And they're doing it. It's in you know the uh, Christmas tree lighting in Rockefeller Center. They're doing it New Year's style because of the protests and stuff that are going on. So they're putting everybody in pens. Like, you know how on New Year's they create pens? You have to be there early. In Times Square, so you have to get in your pen. You're not allowed to leave the pen. Not even go to the bathroom? That's so crazy to me. Yeah, no. No. So, yeah, they're saying that if you want to go to the Christmas tree lighting tonight, which I don't know. It's probably around seven, and then they air it at nine or something like that, or six, and they air it. Wouldn't at it eight. be in when it's pitch? Oh yeah, we say it'll be dark at seven. Right? Yeah, it's dark by five, sure. so they, they'll probably tape it at six and air it at eight. That's usually what they do. I oh, think. it's not live. No, because they have multiple performances. Okay, so they want to hit them one after the other. They don't want the right, right, right turnover. So they, uh, pe- what time do people have to get their pens to watch this shit? Probably pretty early. I bet by the time we the show's over, you'll already have people in pens <sighs> waiting. To see celebrities lip sync while they like the Christmas tree. I mean, I just... Who's it? Mariah Carey. I, I, I just don't, can't stand her. <laughs> you don't like Mariah? I What's wrong with Mariah? She She's another one. Me I, and Mariah I, go back like babies and pacifiers. She has a great voice. Yeah? Her songs suck. Fantasy? I don't know that one. I'm sure I've heard it. Everything she's... All I Want for Christmas... That's a great Christmas is song. It's not a great... It's fucking hideous. What? <laughs> All I want for Christmas you is you. You don't like Fuck. it? That slow buildup. I don't wanna. No. And you're like, oh my God, it's happening. Tonight, I don't know who Chloe Bailey, these are the performers tonight. Chloe Bailey, Adam Blackstone, I don't know them, Cher. Good. Cher's it's, the big one. Sure, I mean, who doesn't want to see her at age fucking 78 in, in tights? David right. Foster, don't know. Liz Gillies, don't know. Darlene Love, I don't know. You Seth don't know Darlene Carlin, Love? No. You'd know Darlene Love. Maybe. Barry Manilow, of course. Catherine McPhee. Kiki Palmer, uh, Carly per- Pearson, Man- I don't know 90% of these people. Kiki Palmer, I know Catherine McPhee. She's a singer, Kiki Palmer? Kiki, Kiki Palmer? Palmer's a singer and an actress. Okay. I know I know the name. She was in uh, uh, Nope recently. I don't know if I saw it. I didn't see Nope. Um, you know Liz Gillies. She was in Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll with Bob. 
if yeah. I saw her face, baby. But I don't. Uh, I only remember Bob from that show and Dennis Leary. Oof. I'd rather remember Elizabeth Gillies. Yeah, me too. <laughs> than She's Bob. More lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, Darlene Love is. Uh, she got so many famous songs. You know her. I'm sure. Yeah. Again, I, the name. I didn't know the difference between those two fucking ladies on Sex and the City. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, she she'll do some Christmas songs. I'm sure Cher will be the headline. I mean, who gives a shit about her at this point? Andy Cohen. I mean, I'm happy to see her work. Good He's for you, Cher. Freaking out because he saw Cher at the Macy's parade. Oh, really? He likes her. He loves Cher. I don't have anything against her. I just don't care. I used to you know, believe in love after love is uh, life after love. Yeah, yeah is uh, twenty five years old. Yeah, it feels it. Yeah, it feels it. Her house in Malibu. I've seen when we're going down that Malibu highway. Jonathan's pointed out that's her small. I mean, it's obscene. It is house. That's awesome. Yeah, she deserves it. Yeah, no, no one has any gripes with Cher making money. No, you're not gonna watch Cher perform at the Christmas tree. No. 8 to 10. National broadcast can be hosted by Kelly Clarkson. It's, it's like they just, again, I'm nothing against any of these people, but they just truck the same fucking people out wow. every year. Kelly Clarkson has got a talk show on NBC. Uh, understandable. Synergy. I just Plus, don't she'll care. probably sing a Christmas song. I would hope. When you can get a host that can also, you know, yeah. belt out a tune. Oh. Or maybe she'll sing I Waited for a Moment Like This. I like Christmas. Like, I enjoy this time of year. I don't mind it. I'm not shitty about it. I just don't. The songs... What about Wham's Christmas songs? I don't know what that is. Last Christmas I Gave You My Heart, the very next day you gave it away. This year, I give it to someone. I mean, Paul McCartney couldn't pull off a good Christmas song. I like the tempo of his song, but the lyrics in that, I mean, he's such a songwriting genius, and they're, and they're five-year-old child lyrics. Well, they it's suck. Christmas. It's for the children. But it's the not... chorus is great. The chorus of that song is unbelievable. What about Wham! Last Christmas? You gotta like Wham! Last Christmas. I I, I don't know. What is that? <laughs> a fucking... A glory hole Christmas? No, it's not about glory <laughs> holes. No, it is not about that. This is such an this 80s sound. Right? Thank you. Look at them. They're driving their 80s yeah. cars to the ski mountain. It's like a James Dolan video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've heard this. I don't care about this at all. It's whingy and stupid. What are you talking about, whingy and it's stupid? It's whingy and stupid. I gave you my heart and shut up. <laughs> you want him to? Sh you want George to shut up? Well, he is. <laughs> wow, sure. Yeah, sure. Look at how much fun they're having. They're having a great time. I know, except for him. He's just armed a girl. But yuck. Yeah, well, he's, you know. Yeah. It's the 80s. It's I guess so. Controversy is different. Yeah, I, again, I'm fine with George Michael. He's a great voice, but I just don't give a fuck. They're having a great time. They got feathered hair. There is. How did everybody lodge. not know? Looking at him smile. I mean, that cock on the brain. People didn't know Liberace. Yeah. Regis would ask him if he's dating anybody. Yeah. Like you know, when you gotta settle down, Liberace. Like, the bells in the back. I hate. I hate this. It's song. Christmas. Hate you it. need bells in a Christmas song. I hate it. I know who would love the bells in this song. Hey. I, gave him, I gave him that idea. Yeah, I, gave, I gave you George. My heart. You got all of this. Yeah, taking my heart. <laughs> Bay, give my heart back, bay. Yeah, this is horrendous. Okay, you've actually. I feel like we had you. Eighties hair, it sucks. All right. Drops tinsel on the lady. They smile. Oh, he's acting. Acting. Yeah, this is really. Is that the other guy from Wham? No, the other guy from Wham was the guy at the beginning of the video with the longer uh, shoulder-length black is, hair. A, is anyone enjoying this? I am. You enjoying this, Troy? 
Okay, good. Coop? That's the other guy from Wham. Eh, this one's kind of... All right, Coop all right. Well, okay, fine. Coop's fine. a okay, man's fine. man. I forgot about Fucking that. hates it. Coop hates Coop's it. masculinity is just radiating through everything. Look at that. That dude's cool. Yeah. George Michael just getting chicks. Thinking about his girl leaving him. <laughs> well, he doesn't specifically say that. Yeah. He heavily implies it. Her fucking, by the way, the shit hairdo on the lady starring in the video. It was wet. I know, and it's, it's very snowy. 80s. This is a great Christmas song. Oh. And it's, uh, Paul McCartney's Christmas song is great. It's simply having a wonderful Christmas time. No one, the chorus is amazing because McCartney's so good. But the lyrics, they're, they're like fucking baby lyrics. Oh. This is a good song, right? You don't like this, Troy. You can't. You might like the chorus. He doesn't even like Christmas, and he likes this song. <coughs> I hate Christmas. I know. You do you do. really? I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. You don't feel festive. He had a terrible upbringing. Was, my upbringing was absolutely miserable. <laughs> Can you turn I'm it sorry, around now as an adult? And it's I'm more trying. Fun? Yeah, I'm trying. Jesus is the reason for the season. Yeah. We're here tonight. We're here tonight. <laughs> I mean, it's. The chorus. Because he's just chilling, dude. The, he's not worried chorus. about going complex. He's not worried, you know. Awful. Look, they're just partying. And oh, the party's the party. on. Yes, it is. Uh, uh. Oh. Correct me if I'm wrong, Troy. You'd know better than me. But Paul, like, the music always was before the lyrics for him, right? Right, lyrically, he's done a pretty good job. No, he has. Let it I'm, be. Not, I'm not saying that the lyrics are bad, but... He wrote Yesterday, and then this? Yeah, but he did, like... When he wrote Yesterday, he wrote the song, and it was like scrambled eggs. He just wanted... And then he was like... He okay, heard the beat, yeah. Yeah, and then he was like, what do I fill in with the lyrics here? But that, but this sounds like ding, dong, ding, That's dong. That's what the chorus is singing. Oh. <laughs> Unlistenable. Except the chorus. What about this, Coop? I like this one. Yeah, like see? Do you like the lyrics of it? Wait, so the time is up? Let's not break it apart. It, it's Christmas. It's kind of not giving you much. And he's telling you, it's simple. We're simply having a wonderful Christmas time. This Don't is look nice. For this more. course is nice. And the lyrics are simple. They suck. Uh-oh, here it comes. The word's out about the town. Right? Lift a glass. And don't look down. I don't know what that means. Yeah. The truth. I'm not 100% what he's talking about there. Just rhymes, yeah, I think. Talking about Heather Mills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, you know, don't look down. Don't think about that. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, look at the, don't look at the one shoe in front of the door. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Santa's been here. Then why is there only one set of <laughs> one snowy footprint yeah. hopping? Footprint, footprint, face plant. Footprint, <laughs> footprint, face plant. <laughs> All right, I, I just can't with this. Well, what Christmas song? Do you don't you don't like any of the modern Christmas classics? Um, no, but I don't. I just I've never liked them. I think that they're annoying. Even the Mariah one. I I can't stand her. They start playing that song instantly. She's like, made so many millions off that song. I mean, look, more power to her, but I, it's, it's, I think she's atrocious. I love it. It goes Halloween, and then the next day, it's Mariah Carey time. This is the day, and they don't even wait for Thanksgiving. They go, oh, Halloween's over. It's Mariah time. Again, amazing voice. I heard they hear that octave thing. We get it. I just don't enjoy her songs. Oh. Come on. 
Oh. She wants her love on Christmas. You like this one, Coop? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good. This one's good. It's good. It's all right. Lose me, Coop. <laughs> he didn't like Wham, if that makes you feel better. I know, but Coop's girl probably likes this, and she plays it, and Coop will go. I mean, this is from 1994. I don't know if this is like... It's, it's a classic. Oh, the bells. Of, why wouldn't they be Because it's Christmas. What you, uh, you what's know, wrong with uh, bells in a Christmas song? Hey. You need jingle bells in a Christmas song. Uh-uh. Oh, come on. Who's not moving to this? This I'm rules. Not. No, it doesn't rule. What do you think, Troy? I'm tired of this one. Uh, Thank you. It's played, played a lot. Her. It's played a lot. You're sick of Mariah Carey. Mariah's an artist or just this song? Oh, he's on the phone. Yeah. I just, just I'm moving. That's the one part of the season I don't like. There's a lot of songs Mariah? I don't like. Oh. That kind of are, are you know, Little Drummer Boy. Johnny Cash like, does a great version of Little Drummer Boy. I like that. So, like, when you find out about, like, Mick Foley just listening to Christmas songs all year oh, long. Does he really? I know he loves Christmas. Even when he was a wrestler, like, the other wrestlers would go, like, this is insane. Like, we'd, they'd be driving town to town, and Mick Foley would just be, like, he's, like, wrestling in barbed wire. And then he's getting in the car and putting on Christmas music to go to the next town. It's probably his connection to, like, purity and yeah, goodness. Yeah, I think so, too. Because he's such a lunatic. Yeah, he's, like, lighting himself on fire. Yeah, Mick Foley's a fucking maniac. He's a so maniac. It's probably his one... Like, like, like Ted Bundy probably enjoyed rabbits. <laughs> well, that's, I don't know if Mick wants to be compared to Ted I'm Bundy. just thinking of another maniac. Think of another maniac. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I do. John Wayne Gacy like clowns. He loved clowns. Loved being a clown. Yeah. Mick Foley's picking thumbtacks out of his shoulder and yeah. listening to yeah. <laughs> Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah. <laughs> right. Every Even crazy people yeah, no, have to have that one thing that they that makes them feel wholesome and good. Super gluing a cut back together on his forehead. And a little drummer boy comes on and he's like, everything feels good. Everything just feels... Yeah. I understood Hitler like pickup sticks. Okay, well, I don't. Again, oh, these okay. comparisons are not. Hey, Johnny Cash. Yeah. Come on, it's nice. Didn't you get hit in the head with a flaming two by four a minute ago? Yeah, that was a minute ago. We're listening to this now. It's just a lovely version. But I, this, uh, I like this type of stuff. You like the little drummer boy? I mean, I like it. It yeah. doesn't make me move like Mariah. Well, no, it's how to dance now. But if you're dancing to this, you're probably mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> Stevie Wonder had a great... There's a lot Stevie of Wonder's verse. Christmas song. Yeah, that's great. Uh, his version of this is good. Bob Seger's version of this song is great. You just love any version of Little Drummer Boy. Yes, Joan Jett does a great version of this song. Okay. Okay, so you're just a little drummer boy guy. Yes. So fan of the song. So if like Sirius was like, we're gonna do a Christmas channel, you'd go maybe just different versions of Little Drummer Boy. No, but I would play one an hour by a different artist. That's smart. Every hour I'd play a different a different artist. Joan Jett. Uh, what him. about the? I think the the most famous one is probably uh, Bing Crosby and David Bowie. Yeah, I don't love that one, but I I, I get why people like it. They, what about the fact that David Bowie is clearly coked out of his brain when he's singing? Yeah, that? and Bing just wants to get out of the frame and, and <laughs> punch his children in the face. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's thinking. I can't wait to get home. <laughs> yeah, he's just thinking about something his son spilled. <laughs> he wants to just fucking put his fist in his jaw. <laughs> oh, he just stripped the wholesomeness away so quick. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, this is a very famous. You like modern music? Oh, I think it's marvelous. Some of it really fine. But tell me, uh, you ever listen to any of the older fellas? 
Oh, yeah, sure. I like uh, John Lennon. And the other one with uh, Harry Nilsson. Ooh, you go back that far, huh? Oh, yeah, I'm not I love that David Bowie is just a young, hip artist, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I've got a six-year-old son, and he really gets excited around the Christmas holiday mm -hmm. thing. Do you go in for At least the banter is interesting. Ah, uh, this is really indulgently oh, yeah, taking advantage of there being only four channels. That's a hundred, yeah. And Britain might have even been less. Is this, an, is this British? Oh, I don't know. I thought you it was American. I always thought it was British. I could be wrong. I could, Actually, yeah, I, I, I could be right or wrong, but I thought it was American. Do we sing the same song? Because they're not singing about Father Christmas. In England, they have Father Christmas. This is my son's favorite. Do you know this one? Oh, I do indeed. It's a lovely thing. He has a good voice. He has a good speaking voice, Ben Crosby. Oh, yeah. All that fucking whiskey. Just organically led into a song. And by the way, they're just both standing there quietly looking down. It's creepy. They told me, a newborn king to see birth. Ming won't look at David Bowie. He's probably looking at the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, there's a cue card. Yeah, it's fine. I don't love it, but it's... I don't need this. This was a moment, though. This was like generation. Yeah, I guess, wow. David Bowie had a great voice. David Bowie's incredible. And Bing is belting out his classic version. He's probably like, what is this fucking Mo saying? Yeah, he's he's pretty pissed about Bowie being there at all. He's looking at, you can see him, look, you can see David looking at the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I'm done with this. Bing, Bing is very good, though. Uh, I like him more now that I know what he was like. That's how I'd handle things at home. <laughs> That's... Bad idea. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking get cracking. Eric in Colorado. What's up, Eric? Eric. Hey, guys. Hey, hey uh, I was reading something here recently that, that when they filmed that, that uh, Bing had horrible dementia. And oh. Bowie has commented that he actually reintroduced himself like seven or eight times while they were filming it because he couldn't wow. remember things. That's probably Bing's power move. He would probably, like, young <laughs> artists, he'd go, hi, I'm Bing Crosby. Like, long after he met them, and they'd be like, I know who you are. Yeah. Who are you again? Yeah. Do you have dementia? No. No. <laughs> what year was that? You do know you, what, the, Do you know, Eric, when that was? Or mid, like, 76 around there? Yeah, it was, like, mid-70s. You know what, though, Jim? I'm kind of like you with some of the Christmas stuff. I've actually, in the last couple of years, started getting into, like, old... Thank you. 77. Uh, the old Christmas music... But, um, like, the, like, the traditional songs being done in Latin. I don't know why. Bad Bunny? But for, <laughs> not that Latin. No, okay. Jose Feliciano? There's, there's a version. Um, actually, there's, like, a, um, there's a, uh, a monk that sing, does some Christmas songs in Latin. And that I don't know why. But so it's, stupid. It's like, I, uh, <laughs> I, you know what, though? It... it <laughs> I mean, it is, but I, I don't know. It just it starts to get me into the Christmas spirit. I don't know why. Hey, whatever does I it for just, you. I, I don't like this time of year. I, I don't like the Christmas season anymore. I really don't. Troy, and, you should listen to some monks. But that song just starts to get me into it. it, it right. just, it somebody found the song, and I just started liking it. There's a, the guy is called Friar Alessandro, and he <laughs> does, uh, oh, I forget the song that, he, uh, that it is, but it's all in Latin. I love it. And it's. It's, it's pretty cool. All right, Thank Eric. you, Eric. All right, later. 
you, you start to look for other versions because you're so sick of the fucking the ones you've been pounded over your head. Do you like Feliz Navidad? Yeah, I do. I That's mean, a good one. I'm sick of it, but I mean, it's it's a very interesting. I want a very interesting Christmas song. It's very good. I like it. And he was very he's really good, Jose Feliciano. Is he dead? I don't know if he's dead or alive, but he I think he's dead. I might be. Could be I could be if wrong. If not, hopefully soon. I mean I just <laughs> <laughs> But no, he's good. Yeah. I like that song because he starts in Spanish and then he's like, Let me translate this for you. I wanna wish yeah. and his rendition of the the Star Spangled Banner yeah. at the World Series years ago. Oh, he's, oh, he's alive. alive. Shout yeah, out yeah. to Jose. I would have thought older. Seventy eight um, years young. Yeah. Yay. Uh Carlos in Montreal. Hello, hey, Carlos. What's going on, guys? Jimbo, I got a question for you. Sure. Like, um, like Black Adam said the other day, my wife as well hates you because Good. I walk around my house <laughs> and I'll just, I'll just start thinking, the more things change, the more they're changing. And she fucking despises it. She doesn't like that song. Oh God! <laughs> and if only now, this is the reason for my call. Was can you help me out because I'm trying to remember the one where I, I remember the first line that goes. I remember the day when they struck down Roe v. Wade. Oh, no, don't bring oh, that up. I remember the rest. Carlos, don't bring that up again. I, wait, I remember the day they struck down Roe v. Wade. <laughs> it's something, something, the plans that had been made. Yeah. I don't remember it. And we, then the, we need it. I need it. I have to fucking go and drive my wife insane with that one. And there was, a, there was a, another ver Thank verse. Thank you, Carlos. Something, something. Uh, the Constitution. Yeah. I, I don't remember it. Did it. She said, what's the solution? Did uh, it, did it, did it, Constitution. Uh, my song of protest. Oh, no. This is why they stopped doing video. I don't blame them. I, I kind of just sing, like, topical stuff. Really? Like, you just see something and it makes you feel? Sure, the news lately has had me going. What kind of stuff? Can you I remember the day oh. this. I was gonna say, if Troy needs any evidence, did, did, was that in the video or was that Troy just screening the call right now? Because no you heard it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go on. I remember the day they struck down Roe v. Wade. You had to change all the plans that had been made. I said to myself, <laughs> "What is the solution?" <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> so, what have they done to the Constitution? <laughs> oh. Yep. Thank you for the caller. It doesn't get any easier than that. No, it doesn't. Oh. Enjoy tormenting your wife with <laughs> that one. Yeah. The Constitution. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not good. It's rough. Yeah. But I love knowing someone bothers their wife with it. Especially the fact that they put right. that kind of emphasis, that stank on the voice. Yeah. Yeah. They really belt it out as intended. Yeah. By the original artist. Yeah. Those two. And then what exactly is the rain or the probably the big. I would say so. Sure. The, and and why? Uh, why what? Why does the rain? Uh, uh, when will the rain stop falling? <laughs> yeah. That's a big hit. Yeah. Yeah, there's many. Pretty big hit. Yeah. Pretty big hit. Pretty big hit. Pretty big hit. Yeah. Uh, Will in Miami. Oh, this What's is up, breaking Will? news. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, this is Chippa. 
Um, I got a good one. Okay, here. Wait for it. It's <clears throat> what do you call a hunger strike in Ireland? I don't know what. A fast bell or something. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking home run. Take us to break, Mike. All right. Well, thanks. Not bad. Okay. Chipperson strikes again. There he is. Yep. There he is. Huh. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of uh, classical music artists, have you been reading about this Hall and Oates feud? Lawsuit. Lawsuit. Breaking hearts everywhere. There's a there's a, 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 a restraining order associated with the lawsuit. I'm sure that that's just like. Yeah, part of like typical part of the lawsuit. Like it's just it's weird. But the fact that <laughs> Hall, I, I think Hall is the one who filed Daryl Hall against John Oates. Yeah. Right, Hall has filed a lawsuit, so now Hall has a restraining order against Oates. But is that with the music or physical? Like, I think it's physical, but I think it's, I think it's just associated with the lawsuit. Meaning, once this lawsuit is filed, by the definition of the lawsuit. You can't go and talk to him. Everything has to be done through lawyers. He's uh, Daryl Hall, I think, is the resentful one here because he, I didn't realize, you know, obviously I should have known, but he sang all of them. Like, Oates was, I guess, the guy he came up with, but f uh, maybe he would argue, but I think he's fiercely replaceable. Hall Oates is replaceable? I would think so, sure. I mean, did Oates do a lot of the writing? Daryl Hall is saying that he did the writing. Oh, and singing? Your Kiss is on My Lips, which I do not think is a good song. That's one of, the, one of their biggest ones. <laughs> but it's a big song. Dude, successful. they have massive hits. You they forget do. how many giant songs Hall & Oates did. Yeah, I mean, I think they stink as well, but... Yeah, oh, I remember when You Make My Dreams Came True came out, and my father bought the 45 uh -huh. and played it 30 times. Your dad loved that when it came out? And my grandmother goes, oh, he's Johnny One Note. <laughs> <laughs> Very, what a slam. <laughs> yeah, grandma really hit hard. <laughs> yeah, they have a couple of really good songs, but most of their stuff is... I can't get into them at Man all. Eater's a good song. Um, yeah, that's... Oh, it's yeah, it's, it's decent. Look... Although, under analysis, I would never defend it. No, you couldn't. Like, if you, if you pinned me down and said, this song fucking stinks, I would probably just throw my hands up and go, I, I can't fight. I'm pretty sure everything they've ever done stinks, but it's all... Uh, very successful, very iconic. Do you like I Can't Go For That? No. Oof. I can't go for that. Yeah, I don't care for that at all. No. No, I don't yeah. care. I don't, I don't but care. he has a great voice. I, I Darryl not, has a great voice. And they know how to write a pop song in their era. You know, like I, Out of Touch? I don't know how Out of Touch has it. I, mean, I know I've You're heard it. You're out of touch. You're out, I'm out of time. <laughs> Uh, I can't. It's okay. This It sounds like a John Hughes soundtrack. Very much so. I mean, look, this isn't my era. What song is it? Was it, is it 86 or something? There's not a lot of this new wave 80s pop that... 84. 84. Yeah, this is fine. Like, I don't love it, but I, if it was on, I'd be okay with it. I think the 1980s is a hideous decade for music in general. Not yeah. to say there aren't outliers, sure. obviously, as there are for... But, like... When you rate decades, the 1980s is among the worst for music. But it's the amount of the amount of hits these guys had. Are you familiar with them, Coop? 
Uh, yeah, my Hall. brother, weirdly enough, he loves them. He loves Hall and Oates. Yes, that's why. Like he and he's seen so he concert, hates this conversation like, two or three times. He's like, I'm always the youngest person in there by like yeah, forty years. Sure. Yeah, they suck. I mean, I like Tony Orlando. We all have like guilty pleasure bands that we like, but but I, I just you love Tony Orlando. I do, yeah. and he's also an interesting guy. Yeah, but I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't love Hall and Oates. I, a lot of this stuff I can take or leave. Like I recognize they're good, but ugh. no, yeah, they were huge hit makers in one of the worst eras in the history of music. Yeah. So <laughs> didn't they start in the seventies? I think there's pictures of them from the early seventies. Well, they were they existed for sure. Were there any hits though? I don't know if they had any hits in the 70s. They were making music uh, in 1972? Smile. Sarah Smile was number four in 1976. So number four is a hit. I don't know it, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not their 80s stuff. No. But now, yeah, I guess there's a big lawsuit that has to do with publishing. Is that what it has to Probably. do with? Probably. I mean, he, he's seven. Sorry. No, no, no. No, I don't. I wanna, I'm, I'm curious. Wow, this is different. It's the 70s. Yeah, this is the 70s. It looks like a guy and his fucking wife on the cover. Yeah. I don't want to mention what couple people would be thinking of. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I've seen those two on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, but this is such a 70s. God, this sounds like a 70s hit. It's very 70s. And I don't like this killer voice, though. But I would never listen to this again. I would never listen to this. Yeah. It feels derivative of sure. good music in yeah, the 70s. Yeah, it blows. It does blow. But again. Make sure your brother knows, Coop. This yeah, sucks, too. Yeah, blows. Music sucks. <laughs> yeah, this sucks. Hey, dude, we were talking about Hall & Oates on the show today. They suck. <laughs> he, I think he's 77, and I'm going to guess John Oates is 76. Your brother's not that old, is he? No, my uh, brother's 30. Yeah, he's oh. not 76. I was off by 46 years. <laughs> hey, I'm going to guess 76, 77. Like, at this point, maybe it must be about family and, and, again, generational money. Or they just hate each other. Maybe they just hate each other. It is weird. When people can't let it go. Who does John Oates look like? He looks like one of the cops from Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> I, I don't know. Those John Oates, are... he looks like he's got a oh, he's... media network that is run on free speech primarily. You don't think they look like Hopi and Anthony? Hall and Oates? They, I did see that comparison. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially when they start fighting. <laughs> yeah, they look like Hopi and Anthony, but even yeah, more they so. act like Hopi and Anthony. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really know what the fucking fight's about. I think they hate each other. I think so, too. What a little short fuck John Oates is. Poor John Oates. He doesn't want to be a short fuck. He doesn't sing. Look at how, like, his collar is so tall. Like, he does not, nothing about that dude wants to be a short fuck. Yeah, old 5'2". He's so pissed about that. And then, of course, Hall, Daryl Hall shows up, and he's all tall and everything. His face hasn't moved since 1991. Um, he looks like a wax sculpture. He's yeah. 5'4". Oh, That's very small. The other guy must be fucking 5'11". He looks like a giant next to him, but yeah. he's probably very average in height. Oh, 6'1". That's a good height. 
So, that sucks. Six one and five five. Dude, six one is like the perfect height. That's a man's height. It's a man's height where you're taller than most men. Women find it attractive, but you're not so tall that life sucks. Yeah, six one is sure. It's a great perfect. Height. Between six one and six four, even is perfect height for a guy. Six four is pretty. It's tall. big, but you're a big. You're an intimidating guy. Yeah, but. At six four, stuff might start to get uncomfortable. Maybe it's yeah. getting on an airplane at six four. Sure, sure, sure. Six one, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. At six four, you're the tall guy. You're the tall guy. At six one, you look like you're six four, but that's only because you're standing next to the person that's in your musical five five duo, little fella, little tiny guy. How many times? A little funny, a little funny looking guy. That um, it really is the duo from from Fargo. Fargo. One of them was kind of funny looking. <laughs> But I think things started to get <laughs> ugly for them in 1975 oh. when Daryl Hall began patting Oates on the head when he wanted a drink. <laughs> and Oates would have to scamper out. We would hate that. Yeah, with Gulliver's Travels music. You do wonder, because when they started, I'm sure it was fine. Sure, like, I'm sure. Friends. Friends. <laughs> like, you wonder if. They started to fall apart as far back as the 1980s, but they got successful, so they had to stay together. Or if it was way after their success that they started to hate each other. Like, when did they actually start to hate each other? 50 years. I mean, even the Stones have had their problems. Keith Richards and Mick. I mean, they're just, they're, they've had enough of each other. Maybe yeah. collaborating creatively after 50 years is hard. I mean, that's a long fucking time. The who? Yeah. They broke up years ago. Like they at least split, then I guess got back. But yeah, but they would when they would go on tour have uh, they? They're the classic story of having dressing rooms on separate sides of the arena. Oh, do they? They wouldn't see each other until they got on stage. Like Motley Crue, almost. It's just a hatred of each other. Hatred. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, in September, oh, with collaborating with Bill Mars, that's a really good podcast. Hall referred to Oates solely as his business partner, not his creative partner. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> and he listed some Hall and Oates songs he actually recorded solo. Oh, don't tell... What the fuck, <laughs> Hall? If you're going to do it, don't say it. Don't just go out and be like, by the way, all these songs I did by myself. That's fucked up. Bill Maher gets guys high. Yeah. And they Look at Richard Dreyfuss collapsing on his shelves. <laughs> smoking weed, <laughs> resting their head on the seat of the chair. <laughs> Yeah, you're not supposed to tell people if you recorded them solo. Paul McCartney's not running around actually, literally telling people, yeah, these are the songs I played drums on. Ringo wasn't even there. Yeah. You can't say it. I did see a clip of Ringo yesterday saying that well, this was like from the 70s or whatever. He thinks he's the best rock drummer in the world. No, he didn't say that. Yes, he did. And he was saying it in serious, in an interview to, 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 to a question. And he's like, I think I'm the best. In the, world. the guy asked him about it. He's like, yeah, I think... Like, literally forgetting that fucking Keith Moon and fucking Every drummer, Ginger Baker. Dave Grohl's a better drummer. Yes. He didn't even play drums anymore in his band. Dave Grohl, I was watching. He's collaborated with such amazing people. I was watching video. For some reason, I was on a Jimmy Page loop for a minute. And I just wanted to see if Jimmy Page had fucking ever played with Dave Grohl. And, of course. He did. On stage, they did, uh, they did rock and roll. And I think Taylor Hawkins sang. Dave was on drums. That's I, awesome. I didn't even. I'm not a fan of this Foo Fighters aficionado. Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters. That's Taylor Hawkins, right? Yes. Yeah. And and look he, at how much fun Dave's he could having. Sing though. That fucking guy could really sing. Foo Fighters historically are an incredibly talented. Amazing. Group. And just watching Jimmy Page play this was fucking great. Yeah, and Dave is just. I mean, the thing about the Foo Fighters. 
Like, they never really went outside the box, but they mastered working inside the box. Yeah. He can really sing. Wow. I had no idea he sang. I mean, and listen to Dave on the drums again. Incredible. And Jimmy Page is old. He's got white hair, but he's still playing it like he's fucking 25. The way he's holding the guitar. He's just, he just knows he's Jimmy Page. It's great. And you wonder how this conversation went. Like, did Taylor really go, Dave, I'd love to sing this? Did Dave go, I'd really love to play drums? He probably wants to play drums behind Jimmy yeah. Page. Yeah. Well, when he was still alive, he would do a song every every show. Every show? He would do uh, Somebody to Love by Queen. And then ah. Dave would drum. That's awesome. Yeah, Dave seems fine with sharing the spotlight. As being a guy, especially when you were, were behind Kurt Cobain, now he's like fucking, he's the man and he knows it. He also never, even when he was the drummer and Foo Fighters were just kind of starting, like Dave Grohl never seemed like an ego guy. No. And all these fights the bands have are all ego fights. Yes, they are. No, one, I really think he's one of the only people that just wants to have fun. He yeah. just wants to have fun and like, hey, guess what? Your dream came true. Now just spend the rest of your life taking a victory lap. And that's what he's been doing for like 20 years. Just taking the victory lap. Yeah. Yeah, and he's great on the drum. He's great at everything. This is Dave Grohl, uh, Coop. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And how good is Taylor Hawkins? He fucking Incredible. really... It almost sounds like Plant when he screams. But the, yeah, these are just dudes that like grew up listening to this music. It's what inspired them to play music. And now they just get to like play it and hang out with their idols. Yeah. And hey, Jimmy, do you want to come on ever. and play? Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty awesome. Are you familiar with Led Zeppelin, Coop? Uh, yeah. Okay. Like they're probably like Taylor and Dave were probably after this show going, "How fucking cool is that, yeah. dude?" You know, it's awesome. That's the way it should be. Yeah, really nice. Unbelievable. Yeah. Talented guy. Jimmy Page, I mean. <laughs> They're all talented. Yeah. And you never hear Dave going, you know, I mean, he was, he was okay at singing, but I was actually a better singer and a better drummer. You just don't. Why? You never hear that. doesn't need to. No, of course not. Yeah. Very enjoyable. You know, I, I should mention again that I recorded the whole first album on my own. Did you guys know that? Yes. Yes. Did he? Dave did, but he now doesn't talk about it ad nauseum because it discredits the rest of his band. I didn't even know he did that. When Foo Fighters first came out, yeah. I mean, he didn't. He hadn't even really built the band yet. And yeah, Foo Fighters was a project that Dave just kind of did. He played every instrument on the album and he put the album out and then he put the band together. Uh, Pat Schmier was in it. Chuck in New York, this is probably the reason. I hadn't even thought of this. Uh, what's up? Hi, Chuck. Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Chuck, hello? All right. All right. Chuck died. Uh, he was saying that the problem is that he wants to sell... John Oates wants to sell the publishing, and Daryl Hall does not want to. By the way, that's, no way, there's, that's the problem with the lawsuit. There's no way that's the personal problem. No, it I'm, didn't start there. I'm sure it had been building, but again, I mean, I mean, it's going to be in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And John Oates is in the seventies. He's like, "What the fuck are we doing? Let's just give this money up." Yes. And Daryl Hall wants to hold on to it. I don't know why. Uh, the, the guys are getting so much money for their catalogs now. Now's the time to do it because something will happen where all of a sudden, like, it'll be like the dot com bubble bursting. Yeah. 
where it's just people like the Beatles, the Jacks are fine, but other people won't get this kind of money. Yeah, because people will realize like I mean, I, like as long as you can put it in commercials, I guess you can make money off of it. But yeah. what happens if it becomes more difficult to make money off a catalog, a music catalog, which isn't far off? It's not crazy to think sure. that in like soon. It'll be a lot more difficult to make money off of publishing. I think Bob Dylan sold his publish. Like a lot of guys Bruce have sold. Did. Didn't he? Don't know. Yeah, I think Bruce did. Did he? Yeah. I mean, there's just so much money to be. And when, once you hit 65 or 70, what you, you, you get a few hundred million dollars. What the fuck are you doing? Nobody gives a fuck if your song's in commercials anymore. You don't have to protect it. Cause, and you also might not be. It, it, once you die or years after. It might not be as relevant to people. Hall and Oates might not carry over twenty five years from now, so their kids might not get. They might sell it for ten million instead of two hundred million. That's exactly right. You don't know how much. It's just the fact that people still like you who are alive, right? And how much is the value really going to go up while you're still alive? Yeah. Um, Bob Dylan got three hundred million. I wonder how much those guys get. Is there a price listed for these guys for Hall and Oates Publishing? Yeah, maybe a hundred million, maybe two hundred. I, I don't know. I have no idea. They yeah. might even be more commercially viable than but what, saying, Bob Dylan. Bob but Dylan. it's also like, if you're going to leave something to your family, you could either leave them publishing rights that they have to deal with, yeah. or just a ton of cash. Leave them cash. A lot of cash. You think my kids are going to want my wrestling collection or the cash? Yeah, they do. Hopefully, your kid will have a great rebellion uh -huh. when he's a teenager uh -huh. and have a great bonfire idea. Uh -huh. Springsteen got half a billion. Wow. Yeah. They're not going to want a whole bunch of wrestling figures. They're going to want the $15. Yeah. <laughs> that the whole collection is Trust worth. Trust me, I'm, I'm under no illusion that there's a lot of money to be made from my shit either. Yeah. Two gym, all of it. it. Makes you feel good, though. It does. My Ali glove, maybe, but five grand, four grand. As time goes on, it will be worth more. But again, people yeah, that are dead, more. their autographs, even when they're personalized to somebody else, they still end up being worth a lot of money. Yeah. yeah and yeah. scarcity, right? Sure. Like 200 million. Beebs? Beebs already the sold. Beebs sold. Shit. Smart. Fuck it. Fuck it. Smart. Fuck it. 200 million. Smart. The Beebs always makes good financial decisions. Right. You love the Beebs. I sure do. George Soros is out here buying catalogs. Let's sell them. Am I right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't blame these guys for, for getting rid of I mean, that kind of money is just insane. You're not going to make that touring. I mean, yeah. You're, it's it. You did it. Now, the rest of your life, you can make music you want to make and be Justin Bieber. Just fuck girls. He's married. She's hot, though. Haley is very attractive. She is. Very lovely. So, yeah, okay, that makes sense. He probably could have had sex with her even if he still owned his publishing, though. Yep, he could have. <laughs> yeah. That's a great like, point. probably wouldn't have stopped yeah. him from <laughs> having sex with his wife. <laughs> so maybe, yeah, I wonder why Hall wants to hold on to it. Maybe he just is, doesn't want to let go, or maybe he thinks... Artists are weird. Are they are weird. I did all this work. I'm not giving it up. Right. You're not getting equal share. Maybe it's, that's probably. I bet you John Oates is like fifty-fifty, right? And he's like, no, no, not when you're dealing with the hundred and fifty million, right? Yeah, yeah. I bet it's the split. All right, so they don't own all of it. Uh, Hall initiated the arbitration process against Oates to prevent Oates from transferring one hundred percent of his right, title, and interest in their company. To primary wave primary wave is a company that buys publishing rights they have already had a significant stake in hollow notes mm. so my assumption is that 
if he were to sell them his controlling interest, now they, they would have controlling interest. Because these okay, guys, okay, so it's not, yeah, so it's like I have enough, and then Hall would not have the control over. Like if yeah, you yeah. have twenty percent already, and I have thirty-one percent, <laughs> I can sell you mine, and now you got fifty-one percent. Fifty-one percent. That's right. Isn't that's it the, crazy? The go. publishing rights work like companies. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, yeah that's so he wants to prevent him from selling a hundred percent, because then. He would lose controlling, or or somebody yeah, like else. They've would each have got forty, and then Primary Wave already has twenty. Right. That's it. Sixty forty. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Daryl Hall wants to be in charge of his music. I get that. Yeah, me too. I definitely get it. Or what? You know what he should do? Just sell it real quick, right out from under him. So you know you can get my forty. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my move. Be like, no, no, don't sell him your 40. Why not? Here, you want to buy my 40? I'll sell a little cheaper. Undercut him. <laughs> Undercut him. You want four? I heard you want 40 because they, they don't need 100. They need 60. Because you want. So they, go and real just undercut. Be like, okay, for $1 million less, 500000 less, it's the same 40. Buy how, my 40. But it might just be 51% is all you need. How are decisions made? Like, when it comes to putting your song in a commercial, right? Say Chevy wants fucking, I can't go for that, oh no. And they, they, <laughs> they don't want to get out of business. <laughs> no, they're opening on a drunk driving action. It's a Ford. <laughs> and the guy has killed a family drunk driving because his Ford sucks. Right. And they play, sure. I can't go for that, oh no. Sure. <laughs> While they're loading little bodies into the ambulance. Sure. Um, and Daryl Hall goes, I don't like that. Why can, can the other company lease it? Like, Daryl Hall would have to get paid, but can they make those creative decisions, 5149? I'm sure. He, but but still have to pay him. But he if might it, want the creative. If it goes to a vote, like yeah, I'm sure that they'd get. That's what controlling interest is. So yeah, I wonder if that's what the problem is. Might it be the money? Right. No, it's probably yeah. Which Where is why I is say used. I say undercut him, sell your forty, get out of the game, count your cash, have sure. sex with your wife, sure, and then boom. Because if you if you get rid of your. If you do that, if you sell your 100% of your interest, now Daryl Hall has to deal with this company, and then they could sell their 51% to whoever the fuck they want. But also, they may not want to ever buy his stake because they already have controlling interest. There you go. So unless there's a lot of profit to be made or something... Who would want... You have now made your stake... If there's already controlling interest elsewhere, your 40% or whatever it is... Maybe it's not worth a lot less. I don't know. What, I wonder how much a catalog is worth. I mean, it's got to be a hundred million. Got to be. I mean, maybe more, maybe less. I don't know. Are they in commercials a lot? You could. There's definitely licensing opportunities for Hall and Oates songs. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I don't know for how long though, because again, a lot of new music comes up. That's true, but I mean, now it's like anytime you want the '80s vibe, Hall and Oates is a pretty nice. So it's either hauling outs or working for the weekend. I hate the line when he goes, no can do. <laughs> I, I fucking detest that line. No, that's a terrible line. I can understand I can't why go you... for that. Oh, no. No can do. We got it. No can do. We got. You don't want to go for it. No can do. You can't. Yeah. It's very, very angry. Understood. But I can't go for that. I know. No can do. Yeah, I heard you. That's really bad. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating. But again, at least I understand the lawsuit. Publishing. It makes my, uh, I love that. Daryl Hall's like, you know, I wrote that song. It's like, all right, well, the lyrics suck. Yeah. Doing it by myself. 
You should have gotten some help. Yeah, where was Hall? He's not buying lifts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's trying right. to. He was at the Ron DeSantis Boot Emporium. <laughs> Back in 07, February, a, f- a primary wave announced that it had acquired a significant interest in the song catalog of Hall and Oates. The Post estimated the sale of the rumored half interest in the catalog to primary were between 25 and 50 million for the duo, which is in 2007. So let's just say let's you know, thirty-five million, and that's not the value that's, of the catalog. That's the value of the stake, of their percentage of correct. it. Correct. Um, so even back then, it'd be worth seventy-five hundred million dollars, right? Yeah. So that's two thousand seven. I would have hoped that it's increased since then. Let's see, it's two thousand seven. Get that calc out. You're gonna figure this out. Twenty-five um, million dollars. Voice calc. Two thousand seven to two thousand twenty-three. Well, I mean, it's not just inflation. You know, valued changes over time. Not just, no, I'm just curious about the pure dollar. Just inflation. Okay. It's uh, $25 in 2007 is worth 37.10. So, uh, $37 million for whatever. Yeah, $100 million maybe. The company also bought the copyrights for about 70 songs written by sisters Sarah and Jana Allen, including their hit. Oh, their share of Hall & Oates smashes like Maneater. You make my dreams and I can't go for it. No can do. What's in parentheses? <laughs> no can do. <laughs> they like that line so much they put it in the title of the song. Their share of Hall & Oates. Sma- okay, so these girls had pieces of Maneater and you make my It's crazy how much of your shit you lose. Yeah. But maybe they wrote it. Yeah, they're songwriters. The, oh, yeah, they, they, oh, they wrote those songs? I assume they co-wrote, oh, co-wrote it. Yeah. So what did Oates do? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. He did this. Was he just there to look? That's him. That's it. Making my dreams come true. That's Oates. His whole gig. Man. They had songwriters yeah, have and a lozenge. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. Tell that to your brother. <laughs> exactly. Oates is complaining. Really? Have a fisherman's friend and shut up. Get in the back, fucking Harmony Boy. <laughs> harmony Boy. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, Oates, Oates was a real nobody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Standing on a milk cart, a fucking cart, a milk crate, little fella. <laughs> uh. All right, well, I guess we should take a break. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight I'll be at the Fat Black Pussycat, 7 p.m., my one-hour performance. Ooh, be, uh, a one-hour performance. One hour. It's, it's uh, in conversation with Jim Norton. Oh, wow. You'll be interviewing yourself? Yes. That's incredible. I'll be interviewing the audience, saying, why aren't you laughing? (laughs) Why are you all so quiet? (laughs) We'll be right back. Stay there. We press pause on the giggles for a second. Hopefully, we'll remember to hit play. We'll be right back. And now, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. Return. Welcome back. Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. I guess we have been getting into the spirit uh, more than I would have thought this early in the season. But hey, the season is officially here. It's upon us. Speaking of uh, business ventures, did you see... uh, Sure. Okay. What'd you think? Uh, I didn't care for it. (laughs) 
We were just talking yesterday about Mark Cuban leaving Shark Tank. Yes. And apparently today he's selling uh, the Dallas Mavericks, or he sold them maybe. $3.6 billion. Yeah, He's, he's going to remain the, the head basketball guy, though, like in charge of, I think, charge basketball of operations. Yeah. But uh, he sold his shares for, or he's trying to sell for $3.6 billion. Yeah. Is well, it actually done? It's either done or it's about to be okay. done by this, uh, uh, you know, Addison, uh, Adelson family. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, incredible. He paid like $250 million, $280 million. Wow, is that all? Like that? Yeah. What year? I was a while back. 20 years? 2000. 2000 what? 2000. Oh, okay. So so 23 years ago. Wow. And he's turned that into, yeah. 3.6. 3.6 billion dollars. It's interesting, though, that he's shifting so much all at the same time. He's probably, I'm going to, what is he, 65? He's probably at that point where he sees his kid, like you see, he wants to spend time with his family. When you have all the money in the world, and he's so busy all the time. You're probably like, "What am I doing? Like, what, what am I hustling this much?" I have three point six billion in the bank, like, and more than that, he's a billionaire anyway. Right, but he's got like, what? Like, why do I need this thing that's worth this much that I have to work this hard to maintain? Why don't I just? I mean, he probably likes running basketball. He probably likes. Running I'm sure the he team. loves what he's doing. There are all these great stories about him. Like, he would lay out, or maybe he still does, amazing. Uh, food for the away team like when the when the Mavericks had a home game he would lay out like just an incredible spread and he said it was because he wanted to embarrass the other owners <laughs> that he wanted other teams ah. he did he, he explained that that's why he did it he wanted other teams to come visit and go like oh my god look at this we got all this barbecue we got all like the best food in Dallas we don't get any of this back home. I bet you that helps too when you're looking to sign people. When sure. When your reputation is that you're an owner who has an amazing locker room, amazing man, like all this little shit. That, you know what? It might tip somebody in your favor. A hundred percent. Like if you're, you know, building a super team and guaranteed to win a championship, that's one thing. But it's like if you're just a great player that's going to make good money wherever you go. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, Dallas, cool city. It's fun here. Mark's an amazing owner. He gives us great food. He like all the perks are great. Everything he takes care of us in a really good way. I think it's a good, probably makes a big difference. I'm, but I'm guessing that it's it's literally just he probably like there's been things his kids probably want to do or he wants to go away. I don't want to go with my wife to Hawaii for two weeks and I just can't because of this and this. I just that. can't do it. And he probably just wants to be able to do it. That's my guess. Or he's sick. But I'm, I've seen no, no indication of that. Yeah, I doubt that he's sick. I mean, he could be. But like I, I yeah, I think it's probably more. More that, or he's making some kind of big move that nobody sees coming. Wow. Yeah. May, oh, yeah. Maybe something else. Right. Like sure. maybe there's there's, so, or, or or he sees the value of this stuff shifting, and he wants to get out while the getting's good. He's like, yeah. I mean, wh where am I going to go from three point six billion? Yeah. And I mean, he may be onto something. I mean, who knows what the TV rights deals are extremely lucrative right now, but. If that's not going to maintain, yeah. If TV rights deals go down, then the value of the team goes down a lot. That's a nice profit. I mean, it's awesome. Then again, you have to have a quarter billion twenty-five years ago to make that. And I have money to make money. I mean, that's really. Thank would you, you. I go to business school for that? Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty impressive, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you, you, of course, too. 
as you astutely pointed out, to purchase a sports team, even at a decent price, you need to have quite a bit of capital. <laughs> that is yeah. true. But yes, yeah, that is a sick profit. Um, uh, Kyle in Chicago may have the answer. What's up, Kyle? Hey, yeah, so the Mark Cuban thing, I'm pretty sure that family owns um, like the biggest casino in Vegas. Uh-huh. So there's, once when uh, the casinos come over to Texas and stuff, I think he's trying to capitalize on all that. He's also... Uh, that Can family- he not own the team, though? Like, what, why wouldn't he be able to own the team and the casino? So I think he still is going to own the team. I think he's still no, going to run uh, the team. Hold the majority right. I don't think he's going to hold the majority ownership stake of the team. I think he's going to still maintain power in terms of yeah, he's in charge, being in charge. But he's not going to maintain ownership. I don't think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I probably misunderstood that part. Yeah, he um the, the, that family, the Adelson family, Thanks, is buddy. selling two billion in assets in Vegas too. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe they're. Uh, I don't know. I, I, maybe there. I have no idea. I heard they were in casinos five seconds ago, and I'm speculating. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. No, they are. You're right. Yeah, but I don't know what like what they own or why. They own, uh, Las Vegas Sands Corporation. Oh, okay. But it couldn't be coincidence. It's not coincidence. In the SEC filing, it says to fund the purchase of a professional sports franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant it couldn't be coincidence. I didn't think that was coincidence either <laughs> that you pointed out. But it's, I mean, it can't be coincidence that he's stepping back from Shark Tank and owning this team at the same time. Right. But the, the thing is, if they have to buy something for 3.6 and like, look, we got to come up with $2 billion, maybe you shouldn't buy it. Like, if you have to start selling shit to, to buy. But that's the way this stuff works. I mean, Elon had to like get loans to buy Twitter because he his value is most of his what he's worth as a billionaire is in Tesla shares, right? So it's yeah. like I mean most of the time billionaires don't just have billions of dollars in cash sitting around; otherwise they wouldn't be billionaires because their money wouldn't be making money. No, this family's going down the tubes. That's the point I'm making. Okay, when you got to no, borrow yeah, yeah. two billion, they're fucking shit in the bed. They're finished. You think? Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's this is going to be a terrible move. I mean, you're like, you know business. Yes, okay? I do. That's the one thing. I heard, I heard, there's rumors that the newest shark might have a bit of a comedic twist going forward. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't want to say anything. What do you got? <laughs> yeah, the people are going to come in and pitch ideas, and they want somebody that's going to be able to throw a snappy one-liner. Yeah. At the inventor, and then maybe invest too, because he knows yeah. business. Yeah, I don't know. It'll tell you about product. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, you know, we we uh, we started out very strong, but uh, demand is so high that we don't have the cash right now to fulfill orders. It's going down the tubes. It's going. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Oh no. What you want to do is just do it. Uh, sell it. No, yeah. That's the, very bad advice. That's the attempt here. We're trying to. I'm to sell part of it to you. Yeah, I think he's just so busy, and he probably just you know you get bored after a while. No matter how good you are at something, he probably gets bored. Like you want you want to. You think he just decided he was bored, so he's going to step off Shark Tank and sell a basketball team? Just to have to make more, like plus the huge amount of money he's making, and maybe he wants to focus on something that really interests him. Like fuck, I really want to focus on this, and I have to put hours into this that could, I don't. Who knows? You brought up the health thing. It could be a health thing for sure. Like it could be something has. Uh, Recentered his focus in life or something like that. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know how. I'm, I'm guessing he's about 65, so he's yeah. he's not ancient. No, 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 no. Not at all. Not young. 
So, nailed it again. A, You're a good age guesser. You're I am. One a, of the I'm a top. fairly good guesser. Yeah, but that really was a pure guess. I have no top guessers of age. I was voted that in high school. Huh? Boy, most likely to guess an age within five years. <laughs> it was a really weird contest. They only did one year in the yearbook. <laughs> but you won it. Hands down. That's great. Yeah. I got to retire the championship. That's pretty impressive, actually. Yes, thank you. It's yeah. between me and a kid in a wheelchair. <laughs> he was always a good age guesser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A strong age guesser. Yeah, he really was. But not as good as you. Wheelchair or no wheelchair? No, nah, not yeah. at all. Yeah. Slow runner. Yeah. Okay, well, that's, I don't think that was... I didn't realize sure. that was part of the qualification. Yeah, I would bully him. Well, that's not nice. Well, <laughs> don't show up at school in that thing. Well, he couldn't walk, I'm assuming. No, no, he could. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just lazy guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. He's like to be coddled. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, that's like uh, Vince buying WWE from his dad in 1983, 84, for a million dollars. Wow, that's all he paid for that? One million. Dude, that's that's worth $5 million now if it's worth a nickel. <laughs> well, he sold it for $9 billion. Even over 40 years. That's a huge it's jump. An incredible profit. Yeah. <laughs> $9 billion when, is what he sold it when for. You're, when you have that kind of money, when you are that... And he's walking with a cane. He's getting older and he's in the late 70s. Yeah. It's got to suck to get older. Like, you have to just be pushing for that miracle thing that we're hoping medicine provides someday. When you're that old, you have that much money, like Warren Buffett, his, his right-hand man just died, he was 99. Yes. If, oh, by the way, anyone who thinks that the rich have all the cures for, if that guy didn't have access to it, That's it doesn't true. exist. That's true. Warren Buffett's right-hand man didn't have access to it. It's not. It, 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 it does not exist anywhere. Although, well, what was he, 99? 99. Yeah. So they they can extend their lives, but sure, but I mean not past a typical. There's all like, Japanese ladies fucking smoking that are 111. Shout I out mean, to them, by yeah. the way. Yeah, there's one area too of Japan where they they have the longest uh, longevity, I guess. The and I, they sense a lot of their diet, and the, it's, it's not a fun diet, but but they're probably also just chilling. They're very relaxed. Yeah, not stressed. Not stressed. You got to stress less. You want to live forever, but you're stressed all the time. How are you going to live forever? Yeah, I am a little too stressed. Not as bad lately, though, but just like... You're stressed and you're shoving your face full of food. That's not as smart. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> but I, got my, I went to my heart test and oh, yeah. it looks good. It does. Sure. Now right. I got to do the rest of the tests for cancers and all that stuff, but... That's great. Yeah. And then you'll sell the Doug Bell catalog, make some cash. Yeah, I mean, the Bell... The, the, look, the, Bell, uh, the Bell catalog is really worth quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. You wonder, though, those old guys that have a ton of money... If some of them are not good at enjoying their money, right? Like for some of them, it's just about the power. Like that's why they keep, or the ego, or whatever it is. It's just about winning. Like they just want to keep winning. So the idea of cashing out is almost like, you know, like I don't know what Vince does now. He just cashed out, or is in the process, or he might have just done it, cashing out like a ton yeah. of his stock from TK. Is he seventy-eight, Vince? Yeah. All right. So you get to that age, and you're like, all right, however many more years you live, and maybe he might be very healthy internally. But what does he want to do with it? All he's done is the whole life is like make wrestling shows. It would be great if he fucking cashed out and made a new wrestling league. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> but he's probably doing something like where you're still involved, but just the day-to-day -day headaches that you're sick of the calls. And like $670 million worth of stock is what he sold. So he's just got it now. Cash. Cash. But he really sold it for nine billion. 
He sold the company for nine billion. That's yeah. That's what uh, uh, Endeavor bought it for. Ari and, and those guys. Ari in Endeavor, Endeavor, yeah. Because they and said UFC. Well, they no. Well, they said, look, we bought UFC. This is where it was. This is what we made it into. They like tripled or quadrupled its value. UFC is worth twelve billion dollars right now. Is it worth more than WWE today? Yes. Is it really the valuation at the time? Wow. Yeah, because that company is worth. Twenty-one billion dollars, and nine is WWE, and twelve is UFC. When they bought it, I think it was worth like three billion. Yeah, three or four. I didn't realize it went up that much. And so, but I mean, already this year alone, every single thing WWE has done, every pay per view has been like, this is the highest grossing Survivor Series, yeah. this is the highest grossing WrestleMania. They're going to put sponsored. They've never sponsored the mat. They've never done all this stuff that UFC's been doing. Right, they've never put like a Monster Energy logo on the mat the way the UFC sponsors the mat of the Octagon. Yeah, they're just starting to tap into like oh. sponsoring matches. Like the whole ring is like LED, you know, screens and stuff sure. like that that you can switch out. So like matches will be sponsored now. Sure, and you know the money in that is insane. There's a lot of money in that. Yeah, there's Slim Jim Battle Royal, a Ruffles Potato Chip Cage Match. The money's insane. Yeah, and it doesn't affect the product. No, it's the same. It's the same. You just see a Ruffles logo behind it. Yeah. and now we're still People watching the war Ruffles. Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The picture of Vince and the Fertitas. I'm sorry, Dana and the Fertitas. Um, I mean, they they made a huge. I think they paid two million. I think is what they what what UFC went for. Wow. in the early '90s, and then they sold it for four billion. <laughs> And now it's twelve billion. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the fights they're putting on. I mean, even the the, the fucking uh, fight night cards are unbelievable. And in so many different countries. Yes. There's so many different megastars in the Middle East. The fact that they're in the UFC is doing is going to start doing stuff in Saudi as well, or maybe already has. I don't know if they have or n I'm not sure if they have. Um, there's so much money there. Yeah, for there sure company. is. And they've done a lot of stuff over overseas too. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think you know. Yeah, two million. Two million. Two, oh, two thousand one. It wasn't even in the nineties. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I think once once Endeavor really like taps into everything WWE is capable of, it's gonna it's just gonna be a beast. Yeah. They be also a dumped a beast. lot more money into it too. Like oh, they yeah, bought yeah. it for two million, and then and they probably put another ten million into it. It's my guess. Oh, I'm sure. But they're smart guys. They had, sure. they, were in, they had casino money. Yeah. Yeah. People mm -hmm. make really good financial decisions. But then again, there's all these... The, the, and then you get guys, the Kurt Schillings, who make disastrous <laughs> financial decisions. 100%. <laughs> this is the danger of these things. Like, people read these articles, yeah. and everybody thinks that they're the next real tycoon. And so, yeah, your boy Kurt Schilling over there, Coop. Oh, yeah. Puts all of his money in you know, the Bloody Sock Legend... Puts all of his money into designing a video game, loses everything. Fifty million. Everything. I mean, it's crazy. And why? Because he just loved video games. And he also, at probably one point, by the time you back out, I'm down nine million. Like you have to stay in. Right. He's worth a million bucks. <laughs> oh shit. He's worth a million bucks. What did he do to lose the ESPN job too? Because he lost like an ESPN. Oh, that's job right. He got the an ESPN. Exact same time. So was, his money went. He completely. started going. I think he started going hard right wing. Right. I don't even remember, but it I remember. It was something like that. It was political. Like, oh, he's dead now. But there was a subject that he said something about, and I don't remember what it might have been a Trump thing. I just don't remember. Yeah. He got in trouble. You think it was right when like the Trump stuff started getting real hot? I just don't remember. Yeah. Real it, spicy. With the vaccine or something or whatever. Something he like said that. something about people who take vaccines are cunts. 
<laughs> that was just I think maybe a direct yeah. quote. I'm not sure. Yeah, and he said, "Don't don't edit that." <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember. But it was something he got in trouble for. Yeah. Yeah, but man. When you've lost everything in a video game and you get a game, he uh, oh two thousand nine oh he was, he was worth two thousand nine he was worth fifty million. He's lost forty nine million in value. Look, we all make an investment here and there that doesn't pan out, but not everything. But not everything. You don't put it all on one. No, no. You di- that's what the, that's a diversify portfolio. That's what that is. Here's the thing about video games: they never fail. <laughs> what? I get it, you're shooting for the billion, but I mean, it was just... Especially when it's 50 million, it's like, even if you're like, hey man, I designed this video game and it made 30 million dollars. Oh, good news. No, 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 I lost 20 million. Yeah. I didn't make my money back. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Have they done a documentary on that? That would be very interesting. It'd be great. The rise and fall. Yeah. How you, how you, how you, what exactly went on behind the scenes? Yeah, that would be one of those good, like, Netflix... Docs like how they did like the Danbury Trashers and three episodes. Oh NBA yeah, NBA referee that they did. Maybe one, one, one episode, doc, one, one episode, episode, sure. But part of that series, yeah. What's the? Do you know what that Netflix series? Untold. Is? Untold. Is that, yeah. yeah, it's good too. I remember the, the Trashers when I saw. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, Kurt Schilling would be a great Untold. Yeah, unless somebody's done it, and I just don't know it. They haven't done it. You know, I haven't seen it they haven't done the one that you're like yeah that's the one you got to check out if they've done it um oh, oh thank you here you go according to boston magazine Schilling estimated his game would cost 40 to 50 million to make and he felt that a 10 percent investment would cover his end of the bargain oh so he didn't put hang, hang on keep reading i told my wife i was going to take five million and try it out to try it out that'd be fine by the way as the company grew his shillings investment Exploding to 10 times what he originally put in. What is real? I don't have, I'm not a math. What's, uh, if he's got $50 million, that's what he's worth. What's mm. his investment of 5 million? What's that times 10? It's a great question. It comes to 50 million. <laughs> okay, that's, that's the whole shebang. The whole enchilada. Well, you know how fucking mad his, his, by the way, his ex wife. <laughs> his ex wife. Do I you wonder, know how I, fucking fuming she must be? I wonder what happened there. With his kids? Don't worry, you get you get half of everything. Here's what? stock in this dead video game company. This idiot blew it because <laughs> he wanted to make a video game. Four or five million is a lot. Ten percent of all your money into it is that's a lot. Five million is a lot, but if you're confident, if you lose it, you you can survive that. Fifty million dollars, everything I've ever saved has been put back into the economy. <laughs> that's a, I mean, that's a way to phrase it. Also, lost, lost nobody all. puts all of their own money into this stuff. That's not how businesses are run. Put some of your money and that's it. You go find investors. <laughs> that's why people go on the shark tank. Well, that's what they did to him. They got the investor. Him. Him. <laughs> He's the investor. Yeah. <laughs> Slash schmuck. At what point do you realize I, I've, I, they want more, they want more, they want more? How does it happen? It's got to be gradual. And then, like you said, you're in so deep. Like, if you've put 12, 15 in, uh, and they go, look, this isn't going to go unless you put in another five. All right, well, I'd rather put yeah. in another five and m- hopefully get my money back than lose the 15. When now was, you're in for 20. When I was buying Bitcoin, again, it was minor stakes. Millions of dollars worth? No. Okay. 
But I, I, I understand the addiction to it. Like, you just think, oh, my God, it's going to keep going. Like, you just think, like, all this money's going to... You get caught up. And it's even more so with this because you're creating something. You're creating you're something about. that's been making billions for other companies. And he is passionate about it. He loves video games. Yeah. Like, he was a gamer before this. Like, he loves video games. That's... This is something that he was passionate about. Yeah. But, I mean... Eventually, you got to tap out. Eventually, you stop. Well, enough. No more. Whatever happens, happens. I mean, I love wrestling. You do? Love it. But under no circumstance could I just justify going, well, since I love this so much, let me put every cent I've ever made into making my own wrestling league. You should. That, <laughs> all right. Yeah. You think so? Yep. Coop? Yeah, great all right. idea. That's two votes. We're yeah. doing it. <laughs> and you're the star wrestler. You think so? And every week the the main match mm-hmm. is that somebody comes in and they break one of your bones. Like, like a it, leg. it's a work. No, it's like they really break a bone. Oh. They cart you off. People would pay to see that. <laughs> no, people would. I would. You would? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right, I gotta get my money back. <laughs> yeah. I would like to see that. Wouldn't it be great if the insurance company was like, Mr. Roberts, you can't we can't insure you putting on a show where you're having men come in and break your limbs. <laughs> like, this, this isn't covered. You wouldn't even need the insurance, the money you'd make. You'd you think I'd do? Own, yeah. Yeah, people would, people would, would you, go for Let that. me ask you that. Would you pay handsomely? I would. Season ticket? Every match. <laughs> of, oh, good, the femurs this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the pay-per-view is going to be the pelvis. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. No, the neck. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll be it. Oh, yeah, that's the, f- the season finale. <laughs> uh, Colin in uh, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, Colin? Oh, uh, oh, I'm on. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, I was uh, going to say, uh, so Jim was talking about uh, this, you know, island yeah. uh, off of uh, Japan and what their diet was because they have, like, statistically the uh, highest um, longevity. Longevity. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, sorry. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's water. They just drink a lot of water. They just cool. filter out their system. Uh with a lot of water. I'm sure uh, that that's a part of it, but there's also foods they ate and things they combined, like blueberries and coconuts. Like there was, uh, there was healthy food too. Superfoods. Yeah. Co- okay, listen, listen. Hey, Co- wait, 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 yes. wait, wait, Colin. For you to laugh at somebody suggesting blueberries and coconuts when you said you don't need medicine, just drink a lot of water. Yeah. Like if one's ridiculous, you're both ridiculous. Yeah. I didn't say. I didn't say. You said they filter medicine. everything out, and that's why they live so long. Yeah. You're both absurd. <laughs> but blue, no, saying that blueberries and coconuts, which are two superfoods, are part superfoods. of the diet, is not crazy. Those are two things that really, really have a lot of what you need to be healthy. Acai berry? I'm pretty sure there's know. no blueberries in an island in Japan. Well, maybe not, but I mean, sure. but How they do you are. Know? You don't know where healthy. blueberries grow. Blueberry is a standalone fruit. It could grow anywhere. Sure. My my uh, grandfather was a blueberry breaker. So, you know. A blueberry raker? You couldn't even plant them? You, had to, you just stuck raking them? What, 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 what did he start? His company started in leaves, worked his way up to blueberries. <laughs> well, I've been raking these leaves just, for the last I 20 just, years. I, 
<laughs> yeah, I pulled that out of my ass. June, but. August in uh, in Japan is blueberries. They they actually do have blueberries. Oh, yeah, they do. All right, I stand corrected. All Man, right. Colin, so your mockery I've, was ill-founded. That's right, Waterboy. Oh, okay. That's oh, right, Waterboy. Exactly. Gatorade. Yeah. Well, I just want to say one more thing okay. before you... Tell your grandfather oh. to go and mow the watermelons. I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, it, this is, you know, I don't know if this is inappropriate or not, but whatever. I was legitimately concerned that that uh, incident. Oh, are you still there? Yeah, yes. we're listening to you. Oh, okay, I know I heard a beep. I thought you hung up on me. Uh, I was legitimately concerned that, uh, Jimmy, that you, like, blew up of. Uh, on the Canadian uh, U.S. border, going to uh, oh, the, oh, the, uh, uh, over I, the Rainbow I, Bridge. I, I, no, I, I'm not even joking. I like I legitimately thought I had like uh, all these ideas. Like I'm like okay, like Jimmy went with his wife to go to see Kiss. And, you really painted a picture, uh, huh? And then maybe she would have grabbed the wheel. That was actually believable. <laughs> yeah. It scared us into something. It did. Thank you, buddy. All the context clues did point towards Jim Norton. Yeah. 56-year-old man of means on his way to see Kiss. Except the, except the car. I sounded like a Rolls Royce, right? He's driving a Bentley. I Bentley, can see yeah. you driving a Bentley. Yeah, but I don't have my Bentley money. Come on, bro. Wait till that Bitcoin takes off. It's creeping back. Yeah, it is. It's back, Bitcoin's back at 37. Yeah, it was up to 38 yesterday. Slow. Hey, I mean, since we're a finance show now, we talk True. business. That's what we talk about on the show. Did you? Oh, is that Bitcoin? Yeah. Oh, that's not going in the right direction. Thirty-seven six. But yeah, it's. But it's okay. Yesterday. Oh, I, yeah. I see. Thirty-seven six is still. It's pretty great good. compared to where it was. Yes, very. It was good. Sixteen a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. I sold way lower than that. Yeah, you sold at thirty, good. if I remember correctly. I think that's right. I think thirty's right. Um, they're saying that uh, uh, Apple. And Goldman Sachs partnership is ending, and people are worried this is going to be the end of the Apple Card because the Apple Card. You know how like when you get your like Apple makes their own credit card. Most people uh, use when they use Apple Pay, you can attach a credit card. Yeah, I, I don't. I've done my Apple Card, but I think most people use Apple Card. You know, you get your little cash back. They tell sure. you your purchases. It's a whole to do, but people are worried that since the gold, it's done through Goldman Sachs Bank. And they're worried that that since that partnership is ending next year, that the Apple Card might get canceled. I'm sure they'll figure it out or go somewhere else. Find another bank. Of course, it's Apple. Yeah, well, they'll start one. It's. Weird. I wonder why Goldman Sachs doesn't want to be involved anymore. Maybe Apple doesn't. Maybe Apple can get a better deal somewhere else. Maybe. Maybe they figured out a better way to fuck people on the apps. Thirty percent. You think oh, fucks? I don't know if that has anything to do with the Apple Card. Nothing. I'm just slamming Apple. Right. You're getting pissed at the. Ugh. You don't like the thirty percent fees on the apps. It's disgusting. Gotcha. It's disgusting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I have Apple stock. I should be happy. Yeah. 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 You are. Uh, it is short-sighted of you. You're mad yeah. that they're taking thirty percent of your cameos instead right. of raising your stock by much more than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's called being an idiot. <laughs> 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 yeah, but you don't use Apple Card? Um, no. Why do you say it like that? Yeah, fucking, I don't need Apple infiltrating my whole life. Well, I don't know what they're infiltrating. <laughs> oh, so oh, a troubled use- partnership. Ah. Yeah. Apple is offering Goldman Sachs an out 
of troubled Apple card partnership. Yeah, we just don't. Yeah, and we, since Apple is offering it, maybe we, uh, we don't need it. What do you yeah, mean we don't need it? Who's we? Who are you talking for? The public doesn't need an Apple card. You have American Express. You have City. Well, it's good enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no having a competition in the finance space is not bad for the consumer. No, no, it's good for the consumer, but I just don't need anything more than Apple on it. Excuse me. Well, if you're using Apple Pay for your credit card anyway, I very rarely use Apple Pay. You don't. Okay. You don't use the boop boop. You don't. Pay I with do, your phone? but a lot of times, even like certain cabs won't take it, so you just fucking use your credit card. Like they don't take Apple Pay; they'll just take the credit card associated with it. Oh yeah, I, I use Apple Pay all the time because I imagine they take a percentage of that too. They don't overcharge you. No, but I mean, from from the person, it probably gets less. Seeing the way Apple does things, I'm assuming they get less. I mean, it's a Mastercard. I don't think they could have different rules. When you use Apple Pay, some places don't take Apple Pay, and I'm wondering why. There must be there maybe they don't have scanners, no, or, or they don't you, have the software. I mean, you know, you need a device that would read Apple Pay. No, certain cabs, like like some cabs take it, but I, I use the Curb app. Mm -hmm. Some will take it, and then some will go. This 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 one does not take, and it's the same tech, it's the same equipment. That's odd. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm yeah. guessing it's a payout thing. And by the way, Black Adam, I don't I don't remember this one. Uh, what's up, Adam? Uh, it's Black Adam. Uh, uh, <laughs> good morning. Uh, good morning, Sammy. I hope my kids don't sell my wrestling dolls when I die. <laughs> and, uh, the baby love. <laughs> good morning. Hello, sir. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, y'all need to get a bit called Why Does My Wife Hate Jim? It's a lot of. There really I, are. Yeah. But I know why. It's because the husband, first of all, I'm abrasive, but it's the husbands mm -hmm. tormenting them with chip. Right. Or with a yeah. bell or with a song. Yeah, or with song. With song. <laughs> okay. Does well, your wife uh, hate me? I, I, well, not personally, but she hates. Well, yeah, she hates me. <laughs> 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 but I got two for you. It was a uh, O and A bit. They played something and dude was talking about uh, the hundred gram chip and some chip, and he just kept saying, "What's that? What's that? Yeah, what's that?" And and I played it for twice, and it's like nineteen minutes long, so forty five <laughs> minutes of what's that? She hates you. And then uh, you had a song. I don't know if you remember. It. Yes, I do. I sang. Uh, I got me a brand new key. Got me a brand new key. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all I want to hear you say. All right, guys. All right, thanks, like Adam. Sam did. I'm pulling out. See you, buddy. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. I think I, I sang that once when I had a uh, uh, rental car. It was a rental Kia, and I say I just it was I knew it would be annoying. Instead of like a Ford. You got truck. me a brand new key. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's uh, let's take another break before our guest comes. Yeah, in. What we have do you time, say? right? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Uh, we're gonna take a break. Sebastian Maniscalco is coming in. Yep. We'll be right back. If you missed any of today's show or want to catch up on previous shows, check out Jim and Sam using the Sirius XM app. More for this. More Jim Norton and Sam Roberts right now. Welcome back. Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. Sebastian Maniscalco joining us. About 
What's up, man? How, How you doing? doing? Uh, how's it going? Thank Good. you for having me here. How are you? Of course. Yeah, man. How are you? Good. I haven't seen you guys in a while. Yeah. yeah I'm always happy when, when successful comics do the show, because a lot of guys <laughs> just stop doing radio. They just keep doing podcasts. No. You have to come in and do radio. It's, yeah. the, uh, it's the pillar of all media. Right? You think so? You think this is the pillar? Yeah. Why nice. not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so, yeah. he didn't expect you to believe it. He's like, yeah. Really? Yeah, sure, sure. It is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, getting your own show on HBO is probably a pretty big pillar. Uh, yeah, but radio is good too. <laughs> radio, HBO, it's all. Yeah. Did you come up with this, or did Chuck Lorre uh, pitch it to you? I pitched this show to Chuck Lorre, and it kind of centered around my life. You know, like all comedians, oh, I do a show, a show around my life. Which, to be honest with you, I was kind of tired of playing me in you know a movie or a TV thing. So he came back to me and said, "Listen, uh, Nick Bakai and I have this idea of a, a, an LA bookie kind of navigating the waters of a pending possible you know legalizing gambling in, in the state of California and, and you know how the bookie's job has kind of changed over the years, you know, you, you wanted to bet on a game, you had to go through a bookie and now it's you know pick up your phone and right. FanDuel or whatever." So, uh, I'm like, "Wow, that sounds in it like interesting." I haven't really seen a TV show kind of centered around a bookie, and uh, and then boom, we're off to the races. We did eight episodes. It was filmed in Los Angeles, which I completely wrapped my my arms around because the last project I did was in Alabama for, for nine weeks, and uh, I have a family. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I'm like was wrestling with. What am I doing here? I got two kids. Why am I in uh, Alabama? So this was in L.A. where I live, so I got to see my family. So What did you do for nine weeks in Alabama? Like when you weren't shooting, what do, what do, you, what do you do? I lost a lot of weight. Yeah. A lot of weight. That's all I did was work out and do the movie. There's really not a lot yeah. to do in Mobile, Alabama. It was Mobile. Yeah, it, uh, I call it Mobile. Mobile. <laughs> Is that wrong? I don't know. You guys from Alabama over there? No? Okay. No, so. I've been there once. Not a fun place. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a lot of oysters, because I love oysters. Are they good in Alabama? I don't know. I, I, I seem to like them. Did you puke yeah. at all or no? No. I think you did good. No. That's yeah. all I If you're not vomiting and shitting, it was a home run. Yeah, I just wonder where they get the oysters from in Alabama. Well, there's, there's water there. I guess. <laughs> Aren't they ocean animals, though? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like it's there's an ocean there. It's like a it's like a port. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I don't right, know. <laughs> right. I'm not familiar with Alabama. I, I thought it was surrounded by land. No, because it's like yeah, Florida, Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, sure. Okay. Yeah, you can tell a lot of us went to school. <laughs> Geography, right? Like they're pulling up a map for us. Yeah, right you know, there. you know that blue stuff there's at the water. end of Alabama. It's an ocean. I was there. There was oh. water. There yeah, was water right. there. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Don't you love? We're not taking your word for it. Yeah. Let me check yeah. the map, Sebastian. Bring it up. So, what I don't know on bodies of water. Oh, it lit mo and look where Mobile is. It's it's right there on the water. Okay. That's a perfect place for oysters. Yeah. I don't know if they're getting them from there. <laughs> but. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, so now, I know there was press about Charlie Sheen being in. I don't want to blow any cameos, but they were, they were talking about it. Uh, is he in it regularly or is he a cameo? Uh, so he's in two episodes. So it was kind of Chuck Lorre's um, and, and Ch uh, Charlie reuniting after yeah, yeah. the whole whole thing and uh i've never met charlie sheen he came to set and you know great guy professional quiet and uh, funny 
and it was great great working with him and it was nice to see him and chuck back together again after uh two and a half months so uh yeah he uh he pops in two episodes yeah it was cool i was watching him in the premiere it is amazing when he pops in there also because i mean look the chuck laurie charlie sheen breakup is like the most public yeah television yeah. breakup yeah. of all time and led to the whole charlie sheen like wave of whatever year that was was there any part of you that was like oh this could get interesting or did you did chuck go like no we're we're cool now and i think this will be a good thing nah, i kind of got the sense that everybody was kind of past that yeah and they've you know got their own lives now and they were coming together and everything was copacetic so i never got the you know like oh something's gonna break out here it mm -hmm. was it was not like plus i wasn't even paying attention to that because uh, you know we were talking on the way in i turned 50 this year and i don't know how your your memory is but like memorizing lines for me is extremely difficult i, I yeah. know people they read it twice and they got it yeah i'm doing it and if if they switch a line on me i gotta sit there and study it like uh it's <laughs> geometry yeah. right so uh i was i was really really conscious about memorizing my lines and 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 knowing the script and i wasn't really paying attention to anything else it makes it so much easier when you know them like i know that sounds like a basic thing mm -hmm. but you're not nervous like and trying to make, am I going to fuck this up? It fucks the whole And you thing. never want to be the guy that fucks it up. Like, you don't want to be the guy yeah. who doesn't know. Like, every there's dozens and dozens of people there to shoot this thing, and all you had to do was memorize some words. That's right? A, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. I feel 150 people are waiting to go home. Yeah. <laughs> and if That's how I, I feel when I'm doing a gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I feel like if I screw this up, that's just going to add time where they're missing their wife or their kids or whatnot. So it's a, it's a big, it's a lot of pressure. Right, it's not just yeah. on you. It's you're responsible for everybody now. <laughs> yeah. Did that's you blow any? I think it helps when, like, if, especially if there's, like, a really huge actor or something, if they blow a line, it tends to relax people because everybody else is like, okay, they fucked up. So if I do, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. So uh, th that happened with Robert De Niro. Like, uh, when I was working with Robert De Niro, he kind of flubbed some lines. I go, oh, okay, you know, and then the, give me some leeway here. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, and, and, you know, he's an older guy. So, yeah, you expect him to, to flub up a few lines. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's times where I, I screwed up. It's not like it was a lot, but uh, you want to be, you want to come prepared. You don't want to, like... But like I'm like, is this as much as I should know the script? You know, how many more times am I going to read it? Right. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, with with comedy, too, and, and you're doing a TV show, for us comedians, the validation that you're doing well is the laughter of the audience. And sometimes on the set, you know, you don't get that. So, you know, I'm, I, in my head, I'm going, why isn't the crew laughing? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like they, they so, can't. They're not supposed sure. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not supposed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Rodney said that fucked him up on Caddyshack. Yeah, he, he did. Was, he, he, did. he wasn't getting laughs, and he was so used to the timing of laughs that nobody was laughing, and he felt like he was oh, bombing. You don't know how to pace. Like, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it's embarrassing, because you're firing out jokes that there's just silence for. Yeah. But they'd be getting fired if they were laughing at everything. Yeah, they can't do it. Yeah, the audio is being recorded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For the purpose of the show. Yeah. But I know what you mean, though. You expect it, like, well, if this was funny, they would break and just laugh, but no. Yeah, th th that's the mind of a comedian. You're like, this stuff 
is supposed to be so funny, you can't even hold it in. Yeah. Right? So that that's kind of like the mindset of a comedian. But uh, I guess you could, you know, Chuck and Nick were, they were laughing. You could hear them laughing, which was nice to hear. But they were far away. It's not, not, not necessarily getting picked up. So, yeah, it was a great experience for me. I'm, I'm really excited. This thing's coming out tomorrow. Just, you know, you always want to see, again, how it's yeah. received. Because in stand-up, it's received in the moment. Here you do it. Now Now we got to wait to see if people like the damn thing. Yeah, and even more so because it's on Max, right? So like mm-hmm. it premieres tomorrow, but you know all weekend like people will slowly be streaming it when they get a second. Yeah. And like, so like the 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 kind of response will probably have that trickle in effect. Yes. As yes. opposed to it all hitting you at once. Yes. Well, is it one week is are they doing it like the HBO style of one a week or is it all it's at two, once? Yeah, two two a week for four weeks. So it's eight episodes, so uh, tomorrow, though, two episodes will air, and then subsequently following. Oh, okay. Two, two, and two. I love, by the way, you know who's great in it is, uh, is, is it Jorge or Georgie Garcia? Yeah, Jorge Garcia. Jorge from, oh, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from Lost. He's awesome. Is in it, and he's really good. Yeah. So I was happy. To, I, I hadn't seen him in anything since Lost, and it's nice to see somebody who I liked. Like, yeah, and he was very he was very good. Yeah, he's my ex, my ex-pot dealer in the show. Yeah. Which, uh, <laughs> we recruit him to come work for us yeah. uh, in our little operation. So. But it's also the same thing. It's like, hey, pot is becoming legal. What are you guys going to do? It's like, what do these guys do when this stuff becomes not black market items anymore? Like, what happens it's to interesting. bookies and what yeah, happens yeah. to drug dealers when you're allowed to do it? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated on the on the pot dealer, uh, too. Like, what is, what is he doing now? Are people still going to get pot? You're shaking your head. Is, is, is that right? Yes, because when I lived in San Francisco, I lived in San Francisco for a little, and we lived on the corner of a pot store, and I remember <laughs> By going coincidence, up, only. Going up coincidence. to a guy <laughs> who, was se- who was selling weed out just right outside, and he was like, well, if it's 15 bucks cheaper, some of you guys are going to do the math. And I was uh, like, ah, all right, he's all still right. a businessman. Yeah. See, the, the, they're, they're changing their business plan. To, yeah. To, <laughs> yeah. They have to, they have to cut their <laughs> cost. <laughs> yeah. Are you a gambler at all? No, you know, I used to gamble. You know, when we used to go to Vegas with Dice, yep. I used to gamble uh, so in my head, like, oh, if I won $1,000, I wouldn't have to go back to L.A. and wait tables. I could concentrate more on comedy. That never worked. Yeah, yeah, it's right. a tough way to do right. it. Yeah. So, you wanted to just kind of jump right in and be a professional gambler. Like, this is what <laughs> yeah. I'm doing for my living. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, at least give me a padding because I, I hated waiting tables and I'm like, if I could just give myself you know, two weeks off from that and concentrate on stand-up, this is worth it. But uh, the, only, the only way you walk out of a casino with money is just is performing there. That's it. That, that's it. So, wow. So that's that's the route I took. I Even- watched Dice gamble too. I, I watched Dice when we were do- doing the Venetian. Uh, when he wanted the contract, he went in there and he, I think he, he lost two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, it was it was it's some. Abs- I couldn't believe what I was watching, but it turned out to be very smart because they wound up giving him a big deal. It's like they're like, oh, this guy gambles. So come and we'll hire him for two. You get a two-year deal out of it because they think you're going to put all the money back in the casino. Yeah, yeah. Did I mean? Was he actually that smart in the sense that he did not put all the money back into the casino, or was he? Did he legitimately just? Was he a degenerate that lost two hundred fifty grand? Uh, I mean, I think both could be true. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I think you know what I mean. If it would be like if somebody said, hey, "Look, we're going to give you a deal at NBC, Jim, but you have three hookers. You have to." All right, for sure, I would do it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's kind of what it was with him. Is he knew, but he was losing so bad that night. They actually made me leave because he thought I was bad luck. So fucking. <laughs> 
Kenny told me I had to leave. He's like, Andrew wants you to go. Like, Thanks. It's humiliating. But yeah, I never got caught up in it either because it scares me. Like I see that, or I, and he had the money. Yeah. I don't have that money, and it just, especially now, you make a lot of money. It's gotta be scary to go. I could go in there and really do damage if I wanted to. Yeah, but like the, at, at those numbers, man, that's that's a, that's. I mean, that's that's a lot of money. I don't care how much money you're making. Yeah, or fifty grand is is a big dent. So. I don't know. Do you like when you started making really good money? Did you start spending irresponsibly on stuff you always wanted, or do you still have that mentality of like this is going to go away? We got to store this away. I grew up working class middle family, and my father was a big on saving. You know, he's like, you save it because you never know what's going to happen, right? Like COVID. Yeah, we shut down. And even during that that time, I was looking for work. You know, like how how the hell do I make money? So no, I don't. I don't. I don't spend money irresponsibly because I always feel like the money I have right now might be the money I in the need for the rest of my life. Yeah, who knows? You know, who, who knows? I mean, I put tickets on sale for my tour, and we're always nervous about are are they going to sell this time? Are am I as popular as I once was? Am I on the down? Who knows? Yeah, right. Know? So you, you can't like. You can't bank on future earnings when the future is very unpredictable. Yeah, you got to being a little panicky is smart, like paying into mortgage and sure. all that shit that you think makes you your grandfather. But it's smart shit because, again, we could all of a sudden not work. And that's what, that's the story of like every disaster, right? Like yeah. you're like, so, oh my god, I can't believe it. I'm playing arenas. I guess this is forever. No, and it's like, no, yeah. Someone told me there's a ten year like popularity stint that. Uh, people have like oh, good. that means i got nine coming <laughs> <laughs> you had a good year a few years back though oh yeah <laughs> so i don't know i guess if you use that barometer you could figure out kind of you know because no one always stays at the top there's all you know you, you come up and you gotta come down you seem to handle it very very well though like you're one of the guys that it, it consistently seems like it's about the work and the product yeah you know what i mean yeah. and that's well, I take it seriously because, you know, again, you got these people coming out. They spend a lot of money to come. To, you know, they get a babysitter. Yeah. And, you know, you know, it's 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 a, it's a big to do to come out. So you want to give the people, you know, their money's worth and and give them a show, new material. You know, it's amazing. You know, like all these comedians nowadays are just churning out material. Um, but I I like to make my show the the better than the last show people saw it's very difficult to do that you you need to maintain a certain level of right. premium comedy you know and uh that's what i try and do so who knows who knows where this is taking me i thought it's funny last night i was coming home and uh, outside the village underground for the for the show at the cellar there was a long line and it was just it was fucking freezing cold yeah like and i'm like this show is sold out and people are standing out in 38 degree weather yeah to walk inside and see it like it does it's just a, it's a lot yeah, yeah like people really do want you want you want to do well like that's the point like you, you don't want to just mail it in for people yeah. right just right. standing outside in the fucking cold yeah and so for in. you it's like constantly fine-tuning that yeah. material to just make it as best as it can possibly possibly it's, be it's it's difficult i mean you know me and pete corielli were talking about you know we could give you mediocre all day long if you want mediocre we could get up there and give you like mediocre stuff yeah but that's not the goal the goal is to come up there and with an elevated act where people you do one joke and hopefully the next joke is equal to or greater than what you just said you know so that's kind of the challenge for me is to continue to and it's it's it's, it's tough man i mean yeah 
it's tough. You're like, all right, come on, you know. And the way I get materials through life i need to like live life i need to hang out with my family i need to go to universal studios i need to do these things because that's kind of where the material comes yeah well you just start feeding on yourself in a way that's not healthy like i can't just do comedy because then you start thinking like oh i'm just wanting to just talk at the gig last night and nobody wants to hear that yeah, yeah. i love pete by the way pete Coriali is fucking really yeah really he's awesome good. he is a hilarious stand-up yeah but that is a great point that if like you're just working all the time what are you where your where's your material coming from especially something like you i feel like your audience finds you so relatable do you worry about that like the bigger that you get you have to maintain that relatability right that connection yeah i mean you need to relate to the people who are coming to your show right and i, and I think jamie fox was on uh, seinfeld uh comedians and cars talking about that he went up he started talking about you know how many cars he had and what this that and the other and it it, it wasn't it wasn't flying because it wasn't relatable to the people that were coming to the show so yeah man it, my my comedy is kind of broad in the sense that it's observational and it's kind of everyday slice of life stuff so yeah i'd like to get out there and you know mix it up you know? actually live life yeah, live, yeah. Live life. <laughs> not, not not in a you know cocoon like i, I did a couple um videos on, i was on an airplane recently and there was a, a cat on, on an airplane meowing and a dog uh barking and uh, you know i just put the camera on myself and kind of rolled my eyes and you know you read the comments just to see if the stuff is hidden and it's like oh you know why don't you take a, a private why don't you say private it's like yeah, first of all private's expensive number yeah. one and number two I'm, I'm going from fort myers and i'm not you know i, I don't need to take private but the, the funny thing is if you did put a video of you on a private plane you'd get the uh, what do you think you are cool yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. so there's no real winning uh, no. with so social media so yeah i mean I, I just think you have to put yourself in scenarios that uh you know you can't you can't live in a bubble i think yeah. it all depends too on why people post. like there are people who fly private and they'll take a picture of themselves but you know that they're over flying private but when people just want you to know they're flying private it's like oh it's, there's no no bigger douche move <laughs> yeah, yeah than a guy in front of a private plane we're here oh, fuck right. you <laughs> Yeah, so what? You're not doing this because your schedule demands it. Yeah, Leonard Skinner <laughs> flew private. <laughs> Who the fuck cares? Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, I've only I've hitched a couple of rides, and I just I find them nerve wracking. Hitched and, a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, the airport. Basically, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, Bert was generous, and you know, they've they've, but I've never actually taken one on my own. And they're tiny planes; they're yeah. uncomfortable. I, I don't care for it at all, other than the schedule. I'd rather be on a Lufthansa uh, flight from you know LA yeah. to Rome. Yeah, those are the planes. And I was talking to some uh, someone about this the other day. You go on an airplane now. It used to be big. Yeah, you know? it's like a DC ten rows. And where where are those planes? You know, like <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all seven thirty sevens. Yeah, they're much smaller. Yeah, so I, I don't like it. I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. I'm not a big fan. Are you good at vacationing and shit? Like you, I mean, you you have two kids. Yeah, yeah. Are you good at like just stopping everything and going away? Yeah, we like the vacation. We're gonna go uh, and and take a little ski trip this December uh, with the kids. Get them. My, my wife is like not, I don't want to say a daredevil, but just. Grew up with a lot more experiences than than I have. Uh, my my upbringing was uh, my parents were always scared. Like, oh, be careful! Yeah. You know? 
skiing no uh <laughs> but my wife you know skis snowboards you know went to study abroad you know one of one of, one of these like yeah. well-rounded individuals risk taker yeah risk taker and <laughs> she studied abroad Ooh, <laughs> risk taker <laughs> that is a big thing though to go to another country and study i would never have been able to do that no, she did semester at sea i don't know if you've ever heard this you get on a boat uh -huh. and you go for four months and you visit different cultures and it's like school on a ship wow uh so life experience yeah yeah we went to the zoo <laughs> for our field trip uh so thank god for her though because she's given that kind of um fearless attitude to to our kids so our kids are gonna go and take some ski lessons learn to ski at a young age and, and, and here i am 50 last time i skied is when i was what 35 and i'm not that good but i'm gonna what am i gonna be to dad now just like, wave to daddy as they go down the hill no, i want to participate you're gonna have to but i don't know i mean i'm, I'm worried that's a one one and, and last time i went i fell so violently yeah that the people behind me you know it's like one of those they, they gotta stop and see if i need a, sure. an airlift yeah <laughs> off the mountain yes. yeah so, that's so. scary <laughs> i went i went skiing once as a kid because we lived in england for a while you know my family and so we went to france because it's just a boat ride away to go yeah. to france and so we went skiing there and uh my dad within two days fell and hurt his leg and he was like i'm just gonna like he, you know he had to get walked off and everything he's like no i'm just gonna soak it i'm just gonna sit in the tub he broke his leg two days into the wow. ski trip it was broken but seeing that right your yeah. father who who and i don't know how you looked at your father but i looked at my father as, as like a rock of a man mm -hmm. but once you see your father get hurt doesn't it just ruin the the, the like invincibility of the man or yeah you know? no absolutely you don't want to go like oh that's a that's a human being right <laughs> yeah because then you see once you see the physical vulnerabilities yeah. then you see the emotional vulnerabilities <laughs> then you see all this you're like this is a flawed person see Viagra <laughs> in his medicine cabinet <laughs> yeah. oh damn uh, no you realize he had no business on skis to begin <laughs> yeah. with and you're like what are you you just trying to impress us like well, oh no it's this yeah it's a, it's it's the snowball effect yeah, yeah. I don't want to be that dad no. I don't wanna, I don't want to like so are you secretly practicing? No, I'm oh, gonna boy. I'm gonna take lessons with them. You know, like what are, what am I gonna do? I just I, I feel like the kids deserve a father. <laughs> that gets, yeah. I think they do. I think they who do. does things with them? Who isn't afraid? Yeah. No, that's gonna be tough because when you go to lessons with your kid and you're there at the lesson. They kind of look at you the same way they look at the instructor, right? They're going to ask you questions about, like, Daddy, is this what I'm supposed to do? Yeah, you're right. You're and right. you're going to have to go, like, just hope the instructor jumps in? Yeah. Because they don't want to be... You can't be equal with them. No, I can't. You're right. You can't I gotta, do that. I, I got to just wing it and go down the hill and see if uh, I could survive. How old are you? Have to? Six and four. Oh, oh right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because you're still a god in their eyes. Six yeah, and look, four, you're yeah. still the man. They look at me like, hey, this guy's indestructible. Little, little do they know I'm getting out of bed going, God, yeah. <laughs> what the hell's that? You know? But the six-year-old is probably right on the cusp. You can't, you can't show vulnerability in front of that six-year-old. Yeah, and she's my daughter, so she's, she's got to think daddy is, you know. The man. Indestructible. Right. So... We'll see. You're the male role model. <laughs> that terrifies me. So I'm really glad I never had kids. I would hate. It terrifies me to be the role model. The male role model. Yeah. You're that. You're that. That paternal. 
fixture. Oh, yeah. Oh, Dad blinks a lot and he can't stop eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that I would never want to live up to that. Like I just would There wouldn't me. be a lot of discipline in your house. No. No. <laughs> no. It would scare me. Do they like what you do? I mean, you cuz you you're not a dirty comic, so like do they or, or does your 6-year-old understand it at all or no? Yeah, they and they went to a couple of shows and, you know, they understand that daddy makes people laugh and and what have you. Do they know what I'm saying up there? I I I have no idea, but as they grow older, they start to, you know, understand it a little bit more. I try to make them laugh, which is, you know, they're my hardest audience. Making kids laugh is, is, a, is a lot harder than making strangers laugh. So, yeah, I, I, I want to take them on the road more this year because they're at an age where yeah. they travel and they're kind of self-sufficient. So I kind of want to have them experience some of these cities that I go to. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And that. you could do stuff with them when you're there. Like, if yeah. that's one thing that sucks is you want to go out and do something. You're like, oh, I wish so-and-so was here, my wife or whatever. You kind of want them to be impressed a little bit you kind of want to show them like look at look at what we're doing here look what this family's about like this is this is real cool shit that's happening yeah you're right and like to yeah you want to you want to show it to them absolutely you know and and for a, a lot of years you know i do the show go back go to bed wake up have something to eat and i'm just rotten in my hotel room, right? Yeah, because I'm not one of these. You know, I look at Bert, uh, Bert Kreischer, and this guy's like he he goes on the road and he sees every everything in that city to yep. see, right? Yeah, Jim he, Brewer same way. They just go out and sit, live. They live, which I, I mean, Bert's probably the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, like, sure, probably a comfortable middle ground. <laughs> yeah, somewhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Brewer's actually seeing something, and Bert's eating a banana out of a garbage can. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I want to I want to see a little bit more of these cities uh, and and share it with my family than I have in the past. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, because you do start to realize like, oh, there's like there's a massive opportunity here that's just been here, and if yes. you don't have a family or whatever, you wouldn't you take it for granted. You yeah, wouldn't even sightseeing alone. That they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> I mean, Jim, you tried last time or one of the other times you were on the road. Like Jim is trying to do normal person things, but he came back and he took an Uber. And had them drive past the stadium, so he could oh, see the stadium. But I, he just drove past it. And there was no going. game. I was like, I just want to look at it. And the Uber driver was like, "What?" And I'm like, "Just can you just go there?" And he took us into the parking lot, and then we went back to the hotel. I mean, I'm not good at that stuff. <laughs> it's baby steps. Do your kids know that you're different than other dads? They have to be at the point where they know, like, you're you're different. What you're doing is not common, or do they not understand that yet? Uh, I don't think they grasp it yet. I don't think they know, like, oh, daddy does uh, uh, entertainment for a living, and Julie's father is an accountant. Right. I don't, I don't know if they've put that together yet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, living in Los Angeles, a lot of people, you're allowing a lot of people in the entertainment industry, so, you know, they, they might kind of know, you know, if they see somebody on TV, oh, you know. But it might be a little more normal in Los Angeles, too. Like, you end up interacting with more people that are in entertainment yeah just because of the environment that you're around yeah you know, it's not like i'm seeking out people like that are famous to hang out with there's just a lot of people yeah, yeah just the industry's there yeah, yeah the industry's there how do you handle when, when you're working with somebody who you admire whether it's de niro or somebody like that do you run lines are you comfortable doing that or do you just not want to talk to them as you're actually in the moment uh for me i need help i need like let's let's run the line so i will ask like with de niro i didn't really ask him just because i was nervous and afraid just because <laughs> you know it just and not that that he did anything no no but it's just like you know i, I grew up watching this era, guy yeah and, I, and, and and can i go up to him and go hey do you, you got some time to run some lines and <laughs> i didn't know what because he was sitting at his 
you know, like he hit a chair and he had like papers and whatnot. I'm like, is this guy opening up a Nobu, <laughs> or or kid? Is he available to yeah. read lines? So uh, as I got more comfortable with him, I started asking him questions and advice. But the first day of shooting, I was I was terrified, just terrified to even like, can I even do this? Is this something I uh, I'm I'm able to do soup to nuts? I never done a movie from soup to nuts before. I, you know, I popped in five days on a couple of movies. That was it. But this is the first time I was doing actual, you know, acting with with one of the the best actors of our time. Yeah, I mean that's got to be intimidating because not only does it go back to the thing we were saying before, where it's like I got to get this right because all these people depend on it, but I'm also looking at one of the greatest of all time right in front of my face. If I screw up in front of De Niro. This is hideous. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of pressure. Plus, you know, he's playing my father, and he wanted my father on set to kind of teach him how to be um, him. And how was that for your father? Well, my, you know, my fa my father. The first thing he goes is, uh, "What's the pay?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I got to take off work. My dad is a is a beautician. He's a hairstylist. He's still still working at seventy eight years old. He's still going to a salon and doing blowouts so <laughs> de niro wanted to know how to do dye jobs and yeah. you know my father was there teaching de niro this is what you do with the foil and this and that and i'm sitting there looking at this i go hey i would never in a million years think my dad would be yeah. teaching robert de niro how to do a, a permanent <laughs> and good for de niro for wanting to learn it yeah like wanting to know how do i actually do this so i i look like i know what i'm doing and it's not i'm not making up as i go along that yeah. really is one of those moments like what is my life like how did this happen? Yeah. How did we get? How did we like looking at your dad teaching De Niro how to style a man's hair? It's like, how did we get here? Yeah, how did how did this all happen? But uh, it was great. I'm glad that my father was still around to kind of enjoy that. Absolutely, moment. sure, he must have loved it. Oh my god, yeah, he, you know, he's a talk at a salon now. He was, <laughs> he upped his prices because he talked to De Niro. <laughs> well, Bookie uh, is the new series. It premieres tomorrow. It's streaming exclusively on Max. Uh, Sebastian is great in it. The show's great. It's Definitely really funny, man. Yeah, it's check good. it out. It's really and it's good. one of those easy watches too. You just turn yeah. it on. Chill, watch it. It's awesome. There's a couple good cam. There's another good cameo which I didn't mention. It's, yes. it's definitely worth seeing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, thank you guys. I appreciate. Yeah, you anytime. Check it out. And great seeing you, man. Great nice seeing you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> this has been Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. Listen whenever you want with the SiriusXM app, free for most subscribers. Download it today and start listening outside the car. Radio show time. When you got awake in the morning, your best friends are up and performing. With Mike and Troy and Trent to start, to bring the way that we can go wrong. Cause it's All right, the weekend is here. Okay, well, get with this. They don't like it? Nobody does. Why? It is the weekend. No, it isn't. Sure. It's midweek. Oh, it's Thursday. Yeah. Midweekend. Welcome to the radio show. <laughs>
huge, huge news, obviously, breaking. Um, Coop, last day on the show. Well, I don't know if that's breaking. I that would was, say it's breaking. It's on, been on the calendar for months. Yeah, but I, the fans didn't know it. For the fans, it's breaking news. I guess, yeah. 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 It's a huge, huge day for Coop. Yeah. Uh, everyone's talking about Kissinger, but <laughs> for me, you not being here anymore is the big news. More so than Kissinger not being here anymore? Yeah, I mean, Henry Kissinger was, I mean, look. He, he had his time. A hundred. He had his and time. And he was fat. Like, you won. Right. It was amazing. Be fat in a hundred. Yeah. It's a dream. Dude, it's, it's unprecedented. Yeah. No one has been as fat as Henry Kissinger in the last 20 years and is a hundred. As fat and as old. Good for him. As Kissinger. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. You love Henry Kissinger? Yeah, you can't not. I'm, I'm older than you guys. A lot of people don't love him. Yeah, but I mean, I guess in my era growing up, he was the guy. Like, you know what I mean? He was, I mean, long before me, too. He was the. He was just this, the, the political uh, giant, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, I think he was very polarizing. Some people yeah. were not fans at all. I guess. I mean, he was with the Nixon administration, Ford, and uh, even even. What do you say? Oh, this. I think somebody else just passed away. Shane McGowan. Yeah. 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 I from the Pope's. Yeah. Oh. But him. Sorry, him he, no, 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 it's okay. I, I actually read that. But him, I wasn't surprised. Even though Shane McGowan, I'm more surprised that Kissinger at 100 Kissinger than Shane 100. McGowan at 65. <laughs> <laughs> Because Shane didn't seem to leave a, a, a healthy like lifestyle. He didn't seem like he would even make 65, you're saying? Yeah, I didn't know he was sick. Apparently he had an eight-year bottle. I'm going to guess, what was it, cancer? I'm going to assume it was cancer or something like that, or, or from drinking. Because he seemed like he really liked to fucking pound him back. <laughs> and he smoked wow. a lot. Yeah. He, uh, he died. Uh, but I, I guess people knew he was sick, but I had no idea Shane McGowan was sick. The legendary frontman... Of the Irish band, the Pogues died early Thursday. His family announced online he was 65. Um, yeah, but you, there's a picture of him in, in like a, a hat in bed, like he looks sick. Um, I don't know if it's it, it's on the mobile. I'm not sure if it's going to be in this grouping here, but it looks like he looks like he's really thin. So you have to assume, um, you know, cancerous. Yes, yeah, not in this in, in this group, but. Uh, he was in a wheelchair, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm never a huge Pogues fan. I, I liked him. I thought he was good, but... Legendary. I mean, and very important, the Pogues. I guess so. Um, I didn't... I, I, I respected his voice. I thought he was good, but I preferred, like, the, the, the Dubliners and Ronnie Drew. Like, if I listen to that music, I always preferred... I, I started listening to the Pogues, and then I just started listening to Ronnie Drew. I'm like, yeah, I think I like him better. Yeah. But his version of Dirty Old Town is amazing. There's a famous version of him doing Dirty Old Town at some Irish festival in 80, and the Irish, just, none of them can dance. Uh, <laughs> but that was the first time. The first time I ever heard of him was I was at Anthony's house, and Joe, his brother Joe, who was a musician, was playing Dirty Old Town on the guitar. So I'm like, what song is that? He goes, oh, it's Dirty Old Town. By, and I, I looked it up, and I was like, oh, fuck. And I kind of started to like the Pogues, but I could never go in very deep with them. Yeah. I tried. I mean, I do like that you're memorializing Shane McGowan by listing the bands that you like more than the Pogues. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it, it, you know how your mind works, right? You, of course, it goes of from, course. It, it's like you're just, you're thinking of this as you're saying it, so you're traipsing down. Yeah, just days after his wife shared a wedding photo to celebrate five-year anniversary. Huh. You think yeah. a lot of people are going to be uh, playing their Christmas song? Um, this year? 
I, I didn't love the... What was the Christmas song? Fairy Tale of New York. Yeah, I think I've heard that and didn't love it. It's a pretty famous song. I'm sure you've, you might I, have I it. probably did, but I think I, I don't tend to love the songs like that. Like what? I like Irish music, but not necessarily uh, a Christmas. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Is it the bells? <laughs> You've heard this? Yes, I yeah, have. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, he had a very interesting voice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his teeth were, he was missing a lot of them. He at didn't one have point. the greatest oral hygiene. No. Cigarettes. He was just a. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> but the Christmas theme of it is taking you out of it? No, no, I don't mind. It's actually, it's a nice song. Yeah. I don't, I don't love it, but it's a nice song. Dirty Old Town is a better song. I mean, it's, this is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll probably be hearing it a lot this season. I'm, yeah, I think you're probably right. Yes. It sucks to die like between Thanksgiving. I mean, Thanksgiving for him didn't mean anything, but this time of year just sucks for your family. They're going to oh, go bury yeah. you. Ugh. Yeah. And even, yeah, the holidays become very sullen. Kissinger's different. Yeah, I mean, he's 100. Yeah, he's 100. Plus, I mean, he wasn't... I mean, I'm sure his family celebrated Christmas, but the idea of a warm family Christmas around Henry Kissinger is a little odd to think about. No. But he even got a very, very warm uh, memorializing from Putin. Sent a very... Well, yeah, that... Well, that very nice message. Yeah. He's just one of those guys... Putin that, seems like he'd like Kissinger, though. But the, they all respected him. Even whether or not you liked him, like, like all those, they all knew who he was... They all respected the way he handled foreign policy, and he was just known as one of those guys. You think Jimmy Carter's psyched that he outlived him? He didn't, though. Jimmy, Jimmy Carter? Carter's 99. I mean, he outlived him technically. Yeah, but, yeah he's but, alive right now. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, he's younger. So Kissinger <laughs> yeah, still yeah, saw I an guess, extra but year. But he did. He, he did he not like Kissinger? Maybe, maybe they were I don't think they opposites. lined up. No, probably not, but even, even guys that don't line up when they're a certain age... Like Clinton and Bush, they stop hating each other. Carter, Bush didn't go to Carter's wife's thing because I think Carter called Bush a war criminal. He hated him. He hated George Bush. Yeah. So maybe, well, if he hated George Bush for being a war criminal, he couldn't have loved Henry Kissinger either. Um, I don't know. I think they were different. I mean, what, what, I'm guessing that Carter would have seen the invasion of Iraq as a different thing than Kissinger dealing with China. And I, I don't, I don't know if. Uh, he was seen as the same. I, I don't know how Jimmy Carter sees him, to be honest with you. Well, to be fair, he probably doesn't see him as much. I mean, he's in hospice. He's probably not. Jimmy Carter's at that age now. I don't think he's like actively no. you know, writing essays about how he's feeling about Where pictures of him, he's looking up and his mouth is just open. Yeah. Like, that's what happens when you hit 99. I mean... Yeah, it was tough seeing him at his wife's funeral. Yeah, but I mean, look. I mean, it was... What a life. Yeah. Fuck, he's going to... 99... Got to be the president, build a ton of houses. He's governor, I think, of... Uh, wasn't he the governor of Georgia, too? I think I mean, he was. Maybe. In the 70s, yeah. Many houses. He's a good man.
He's a good man. Jimmy Carter. Yeah. His wife is lovely. Yeah. Was. Was lovely, yeah. yeah. Nice people. So, yeah. I wonder what it's like when someone you're like 77 years dies. Like, how do you... He probably will be dead within a year. I mean, his age and also the fact that she's gone, he probably won't last a year. Yeah. Didn't we just have somebody in that was talking about... Or maybe I was watching an interview someplace else where they were saying that... No, it was somebody in here that was talking about their telling their their mother that their father had died and the mother like died like right after or didn't do anything or looked out the window the whole time or I don't remember just, hearing I, no. I just heard it a story hilarious somewhere. though <laughs> well I don't know if it was <laughs> funny <laughs> maybe it Coop was joking <laughs> yeah it might have been Coop Coop loves to <laughs> shit on the elderly <laughs> <laughs> so what happened the guy died and what, what, no, what the fight what'd she say okay. fuck her <laughs> 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 Missing the vibe entirely. Uh, it's funny. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah fucking holding hands, one warm, one cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think people people want that. They idealize romantic relationships like the Carters had, right? That feels like uh, that movie, The Notebook. Ugh. You don't like that Notebook? Fucking shit movie. <laughs> No. What's wrong with the notebook? Just stunk. You think so? Everyone knew it was, by the way, who they were. You didn't get twisted by the twist? No, it was no twist. Who else would be talking to this fucking <laughs> blithering old bag? <laughs> well, of course. Who else would be talking to Who else would be sitting there and yap for hours about her shit life? <laughs> a fucking idiot husband. Yeah. No. Well, you think he was an idiot? Yes. <laughs> Hanging on the Ferris wheel while she's on a date with someone else. Right. Fuck him, cock Cuck. blocker. Cuck. Yeah, he cucked that other poor schmuck. <laughs> Fucking cock blocker. You don't like him. No, you I think don't. the other guy should have gotten her. I do. He was on a nice date with her on a Ferris wheel. They could have gotten married. This guy's got to embarrass him. Right. Oh, I hated that movie. You don't think that they were meant to be, though? No, no, not at all. She's sitting there eating plastic flowers in the home. Right. Right. No, Did you ever see it, Coop? No, I've it's actually a, it's never a, seen it. It's a hoot. The it's very funny. Yeah. Jim's version of it. I mean, he's not factually wrong about anything. But I've never, never heard it taken that way. Yeah, I always found that movie uh, like really like uh, just drippy and annoying. It's a little drippy. It's very romance novel. Ugh. That's kind of what it is. It's the movie version of a romance novel. Yeah, and look, I'm susceptible like everybody to crying in a movie like that. That's obviously meant to make you cry, and it still gets me. You know, we all fall into it. Mm-hmm. I'm not above that, but with this one, it just fucking... This one didn't get you. No, it just annoyed me. Oh, okay. Yeah, it fucking irritated me. All right. Uh, Lou in Pennsylvania. What's up, Lou? Hi, Lou? Hey. <laughs> My favorite. Well, congratulations to you both. I, um, Sam and Jim on your new love. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's old love, though. <laughs> old love, yeah, I guess Yeah. So. We've been um, sucking each other no, for I years. Okay, that's the, <laughs> you don't want to praise your relationship. An old suck. <laughs> you mean Sam, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just two old sucks sucking on. Um, Do you guys know that Kel- the Kelsey brothers covered that Christmas song that you played? I don't think. Fairytale in New York? Oh, yeah, oh. Fairytale of Philadelphia. They did their own version. I don't think the Pogues wanted the Kelsey brothers. I don't think that's why they... When did they do it? I don't know. Is it like this year since all they've been on fire? It was two weeks ago, but Uh, that's when it was uploaded. That's probably when they did it. 
I think yeah. they made a Christmas album last year too, or something, or like the Eagles did. Like so maybe Jason Kelsey's done this before. All and if it's a fairy show, two weeks. Oh, oh okay. Weeks. But but if yeah, it's a, can... if it's a fairy tale of Phil. Radio show time. When you gotta wake in the morning. Your best friends are up and performing. With Mike and Troy and Travis Thought of being the way that we can go on. Cause it's All right, the weekend is here. Okay, well, yeah, with this. They don't like it? Nobody does. Why? It is the weekend. No, it isn't. Sure. It's midweek. Oh, it's Thursday. Yeah. Midweekend. Welcome to the radio show. <laughs> huge, huge news, obviously, breaking. Um, Coop, last day on the show. Well, I don't know if that's breaking. I that would was, say it's breaking. It's on, been on the calendar for months. Yeah, but I, the fans didn't know it. For the fans, it's breaking news. I guess, yeah. 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 It's a huge, huge day for Coop. Yeah. I was talking about Kissinger, but <laughs> for me, you not being here anymore is the big news. More so than Kissinger not being here anymore? Yeah, I mean, Henry Kissinger was, I mean, look. He, he had his time. A hundred. He had his and time. And he was fat. Like, you won. Right. It was amazing. Be fat in a hundred. Yeah. It's a dream. Dude, it's, it's unprecedented. Yeah. No one has been as fat as Henry Kissinger in the last 20 years and is 100. As fat and as old. Good for him. As Kissinger. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. You love Henry Kissinger? Yeah, you can't not. I'm older than you guys. A lot of guys. people don't, don't love him. Yeah, but I mean, I guess in my era growing up, he was the guy. Like, you know what I mean? He was, I mean, long before me, too. He was the. He was just this, the, the political uh, giant, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, was, I think he was very polarizing. Some people... Yeah. We're not fans at all. I guess. I mean, he was with the Nixon administration, Ford, and uh, even even. What do you say? Oh, this. I think somebody else just passed away. Shane McGowan. Yeah. 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 I from the Pogues. Yeah. Oh. But him. Sorry, him he, sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. I I actually read that, but him I wasn't surprised. Even though Shane McGowan. So I'm more surprised that Kissinger at 100 Kissinger than Shane 100. McGowan at 65. Because <laughs> Shane didn't seem to leave a, a healthy like lifestyle. He didn't seem like he would even make 65, you're saying? Yeah, I didn't know he was sick. Apparently he had an eight-year bottle. I'm going to guess, what was it, cancer? I'm going to assume it was cancer or something like that or, or from drinking because he seemed like he really liked to fucking pound him back. <laughs> and he smoked wow. a lot. Yeah. He uh, he died, uh, but I, I guess people knew he was sick. But I had no idea Shane McGowan was sick. The legendary frontman of the Irish band The Pogues died early Thursday. His family announced online he was sixty-five. Um, yeah, but you, there's a picture of him in, in like a a hat in bed, like he looks sick. Um, I don't know if it's if it's on the mobile. I'm not sure if it's going to be in this grouping here, but it looks like he looks like he's really thin. So you have to assume. Um, you know, cancerous. Yes, not in this in, in this group, but uh, 
He, he, in a wheelchair, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm never a huge Pogues fan. I, I liked him. I thought he was good, but... Legendary. I mean, and very important, the Pogues. I guess so. Um, I didn't... I, I, I respected his voice. I thought he was good. But I preferred, like, the, the Dubliners and Ronnie Drew. Like, if I listen to that music, I always preferred... I, I started listening to the Pogues, and then I just started listening to Ronnie Drew. I'm like, yeah, I think I like him better. Yeah. But his version of Dirty Old Town is amazing. There's a famous version of him doing Dirty Old Town at some Irish festival in 80, and the Irish, none of them can dance. Uh, <laughs> but that was the first time. The first time I ever heard of him was I was at Anthony's house, and Joe, his brother Joe, who was a musician, was playing Dirty Old Town on the guitar. So I'm like, what song is that? He goes, oh, it's Dirty Old Town. By, and I, I looked it up, and I was like, oh, fuck. And I kind of started to like the Pogues, but I could never go in very deep with them. Yeah. I tried. I mean, I do like that you're memorializing Shane McGowan by listing the bands that you like more than the Pogues. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it, it, you know how your mind works, right? You, of course, it goes of from, course. It, it's like you're just you're thinking of this as you're saying it, so you're traipsing down. Yeah, just days after his wife shared a wedding photo to celebrate five-year anniversary. Huh. 